Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Yeah, because it's just me tonight. The situation is this, that um, Ian came in, and you know he's coming off these um, antidepressants. Well, today is just, it was a bit too much, so we both decided that it's probably better off if we went home. So that's the situation. It's you and me tonight, and I'd be really grateful if you'd help me out. I've got a few things we could talk about, but as usual, you're welcome to ring about whatever you want. 0344-499-1000 is the phone number. I thought we could talk about um, personal space. There's a really interesting uh, observation on Twitter um, about the way men and women use public spaces, right? If you've ever walked down the street, and Ian and I notice this a lot, but I always put it down to the fact that he's like six foot four and I am not, right? But what happens when we walk down the street is this. I move around a lot. He walks in a straight line and I'm forever kind of bobbing and weaving. It's like a slalom moving out of the way for people. And it turns out it's not a, you know, tall person, short person thing. It's a man-woman thing. I'll tell you about that in a, in a second. But but when I tell you this, you you may recognise it yourself. Or you may think it's bullshine. Either way, 0344-499-1000. And um, we've got, like, we can talk about your little victories today. Sometimes the only way to get through a day is to, like, count your blessings, even if it's just a small one, right? So if you managed to get up and dress this morning and you didn't think you could get out of bed, that counts, little victory. Or it could be a great big boast. I know we've got someone coming on who was on telly this morning. So that one will work too. Uh, we can also talk about that, mate. We've all got one. Apparently there are some great lengths that people will go to uh, to avoid paying around in a pub. That doesn't really come as a massive surprise, does it? We've all got one mate who always forgets their wallet or purse. Or as Paul McCartney apparently used to do, holds a door so everyone can go in before him so they go to the bar first. Classic move. 03444991000. Also, why did they nick that? That's a question I'll be asking because someone's nicked a massive statue of a gorilla, right? It's not even a very nice one, but they put on uh, fluorescent jackets and I think you can get away with an awful lot in this country with a fluorescent jacket. And um, I just like went about their business unchallenged nicking this massive gorilla. But I've had things pinched and I've wondered why, right? Or I've thought, how have they managed that? For example, I went to stay at a mate's house years ago, this was. I had a, an old banger. It was a, a Corsa. It was my pride and joy, but it was an old banger nonetheless. First car I ever had. And I treasured that thing. It was one of those situations where I bought it kind of outright for not very much money and nursed it until it died, right? To the point where it was costing me more than it was, you know, saving me time and effort. I would go into the garage and the and the engineers would rub their hands together with glee because they go, right, okay, open your checkbook because we're going to fleece you for this one. You cannot. It got to a point where I was going uphill and to, to accelerate, I had to put the brake on. I don't know how that works, but, but that was apparently the way to work it through, right? So I had this car. It was outside my friend's house. I got in the car, turned on the engine, went to do the mirror signal manoeuvre, said there's no mirror. But they hadn't taken the entire mirror. They'd just taken the glass bit. First of all, how do you get that out? And why not just take the whole thing, right? It kind of reminds me of when my poor gran, who's, who's not with us anymore, told us that she went out to water her hanging baskets once and only realised it was nicked 
when she put her arm up in the air with the watering can and just saw the water fall straight down, nothing there anymore. You kind of assume it's always going to be there. It wasn't there anymore. So why did they make that? Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. And also a farewell to arms, legs and husbands. We've got some stories about women throwing parties for the most unusual things, right? I don't know whether you've ever done this or whether this is just an American thing. I've heard about divorce parties. I've never been invited to one. We've got one woman who um, sent her um, wedding dress up in an explosive and shot it. And apparently you could hear the explosion for 15 miles around. Uh, and then we've also got uh, someone who uh, said goodbye to their leg before they had it amputated because she thought, well, do you know what? This is going to happen. I might as well embrace it. Could we bring Holly, please? We're going to talk to Holly as well. Holly is someone we've spoken to in the past um, because you may remember she like a huge kerfuffle trying to use the trains, right? She's, she uses a wheelchair. She had meningitis and she's kind of been highlighting the amount of fuss and bother she has just trying to move around, basically, just trying to get from A to B. She goes with a boyfriend. A boyfriend doesn't have mobility issues, but he kind of witnesses the whole thing. She got parked next to the sandwich trolley and sort of boxed in with um, like water bottles on one train once. You might remember it anyway. She's going to give us a ring. She was on this morning. This morning. So 0344-499-1000 is the number. I could really do with your help today if you want to give us a ring. And I know plenty of you are too shy to ring in normally. I will. I will be gentle. I'll be gentler. Um, but yeah, it's not an excuse to mess around. You know me. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to give us a ring, or you can tweet at Talk Radio or at Flipping Kath. That's me. Um, or you can text Talk and your message to eight seven two two two. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Though is the number to call. I think we've got Holly there right now. I'm going to get her on now. But James is chewing her ear off. All right, James, I'll, 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 I'll do the chatting if you don't mind. Hey, Holly. Hello, hey. how are you? I'm all right, thanks. We're talking about loads of stuff today that actually turns out is quite relevant uh, to you. We're going to loads. do, like, little um, little victories and big boasts. You've got a great big fat boast from this morning, which I want to hear about. Quite literally from this morning. I made my this morning TV debut. Right. So, which was fun. So I'm, I'm really sorry I missed it, but, you know, I don't roll out of bed until as late as possible. I don't normally. So, so what was that all in aid of? So I was approached from a journalist, for any listeners that don't know, and I've got a bit of a, you know, a bit of a mouth on me. <laughs> um, and uh, I was approached to go on as part of a debate, which was all about should you re-gift presents? So if somebody gives you something and you're not a fan of it, is it then okay to wrap it up and give it to somebody else? And I'm firmly in the no camp. I think it's rude. I think you should pop it on eBay and make a couple of quid out of it. That was mainly my thing. Um, so we were having a great big debate about that, which went down brilliantly. Uh, and I got to meet Philip Schofield. He's so sexy. Oh, my. Really? Do you know what? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm notoriously known for liking a silver fox. Um, but, oh, wow. What a man. What Gosh. a man. So this this debate that you had, was, it, was Philip Schofield in favour of uh, re-gifting? Philip Schofield was on the border, and I'll take that. Um, I found it really hard to concentrate because I was looking into his life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he was very much, so Philip was very much like, he said one time he re-gifted somebody a bottle of champagne and I said, but where's the thought in that? You know, you just opened up your cupboards, got it out, you know, and I, I think I'm all about a thought. So I'd rather somebody, if they were coming to say like a housewarming party, if it was a choice between getting a you know bottle of wine out of the cupboard that's got a bit of dust on and wiping it off, 
or maybe writing me a nice card. I'd much prefer the card. So it's all about kind of where the thought is. Oh, but Holly, how how are you ever going to know? How are you ever going to know if it's re-gifted? Yeah. This is my thing. You've got to take the tags off. I mean, that is the the first thing you do, That's the first thing you do. Secondly, if you're going to do it, this is how to do it. Secondly, give it a wipe. And that, that is my life motto for most things. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Give it a wipe down because there is always a layer of dust. There's always like a slightly battered bit of the packaging. Um, but I think for me, I've re-gifted before and I feel like a terrible human whenever I've done it. I think the level of guilt you feel is often really bad. Uh, so no, I'm very, very not down with the re-gifting, which is a good thing for all my friends and family because they know this year they're getting presents that haven't been sat in my uh, in the back of my cupboard for three years. Oh, so. I can't believe you're already thinking about Christmas. I can't. I've not even started. I think being chronically ill, right? <laughs> being at home and being a freelancer. Uh, I tend to uh, go on eBay. And you make lists? And buy baubles. I make lists, and I'm driving my boyfriend mental with it. So he's absolute Christmas Grinch, and I think it'd be really interesting. I think most couples, there's definitely one person who's full on Christmas and one who isn't. Yeah. Uh, and it's our first Christmas together, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. Um, but no, I'm all for it. Um, and I've already got my advent calendar. I was going to ask you about that, right? Because I know advent calendars are big for you. Loving an advent calendar. So... I was all about the traditional chocolate advent calendar until a couple of years ago when beauty advent calendars came on the scene Mm -hmm. and my mum bought me one. So these are, you know, your standard advent calendar, but instead of chocolate behind the doors, there's a little mini nail polish or a little eyeshadow or a little lip gloss or something. Yeah, they're all kind of little travel size things. Yeah. And for me, I love anything like that. So that's where I'm at. But I've seen as the years have developed... And obviously, if these things have got bigger, there's all sorts of crazy advent calendars out there. Um, and I've been taking a look at them this year just just to ponder. And I've already bought my beauty advent calendar. Um, and my boyfriend's got his eye on the Lego one, uh, which he keeps saying, oh, yeah, I'll buy it myself. And I think that means I have to buy it right, for Right, but you better crack on because those things sell out. They're going to sell out. And if they sell out and he hasn't bought it himself, then that's his own fault. Right. Um, but I came across sex toy advent calendars. Is that, is that, that's a thing. Right. 25, 25, I mean, I'm guessing what, travel size miniatures or are they, is it massive? Uh, It's massive. So it's the full, the full shebang. Um, So I've got one up in front of me, so to speak. (laughs) Um, And it's from Love Honey and it's 125 quid. Whoa. Yeah. So you're not, you know, so first off for me, I'd rather go and spend that on a, on a really nice high end sex toy one rather than. Lots of other things, but according to them, uh, it comes in a gorgeous, discreet box with 24 doors. Uh, it's £250, and I'm looking at the pictures, and there are definitely some anal beads and Flipping all it. sorts of things in there. There's going to be um, stuff in there that you never use, right? There's yeah. going to be other stuff. I mean, oof, it's 25 that's a lot of money, right? For it's a lot of money. Out of 25 things, I reckon... I don't know. I don't know your appetites, Holly, but probably 10 things you might get the use out of. Yeah, for me, I'd go 12. But yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. But there's one thing on this list as well that's slightly disturbing me. And it's basically popping candy for somebody to pop in their mouth before they perform a certain act. Oh, my God. Is that not dangerous? Explosions down below. Explosions down below are not the good kind. (laughs) Um... So I'm slightly perplexed by all of this. And oh, I'm, I don't I'm know. Thinking. That seems like a lot of money before Christmas, right? That when you, 
aren't you supposed to hang on till Christmas to do the big splurge? I think so. To so. Speak? Like that's my opinion. Like I spent my BC advent calendar was thirty five pounds, right? Which is you know it's it's not too bad. It's not excessive, but. Some of the big, big beauty brands as well are doing them for, you know, you're talking three, four hundred pound plus. Oh, no, that's a pro- that's a main present, that. It's a main present, exactly. And I think, honestly, I'd be disappointed if somebody on the 1st of December said to me, I've got a main present, it's an advent calendar. And I'm thinking, I'd rather a 99p one with a bit of chocolate in mm. and, you know, a nice present on, on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, but I think the idea of novelty advent calendars is amazing. And I think next year I want one which has got Philip Schofield behind door number 25. Well, I'm sure it could be arranged at some point. I think we can, I reckon. I reckon he's probably listening now because he hasn't had enough of me today. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to do that. But I do think it's a really, really nice idea. If you fancy treating yourself if you're stressed at Christmas. Yeah. There's a gin one, which, you know, God. is any excuse to drink every day. Um, there's a cheese one that I've seen, which you have to keep in your fridge. Uh, I mean, you could keep it out, but get a bit smelly. Um, there is a pork scratching one. No. There's a pork scratching one. Um, well, are they all different kinds, or is it just one pork scratching in each hole? I think it's one pork scratching in each hole, but as a vegetarian, <laughs> I haven't ventured too much into oh my it. God. But, you know, or it might be a little miniature packet of different flavours oh, of pork I can't, scratching. I can't eat that stuff. I mean, I'm not a vegetarian, but anything with hair on it is out for me. It's like I don't understand black pudding as well. It's, oh, it's that, blood. No, I, I kind of like that. It's one of those things really? that I eat and don't think about, but... You best not to think about, but um, but no, nothing hairy for me. Nothing like pork hairy. belly as well. I'm not eating anything with nipples. Nothing with nipples. Um, again, you know, it depends what day of the week it is for me. But again, <laughs> still a vegetarian. Oh God, my poor mother. Um, but no, I'm I'm all about the. You know, I've been veggie for I'm pescatarian. I lie, so I do eat fish. Right. Um, for a long time, my boyfriend's been vegetarian for over 20 years. So he was did it before. It was cool. Um, I just admire. I know Ian was tweeting about kind of cutting back on his meat yeah. consumption and he was a vegetarian for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're going to do it, if you're going to cut back on being a veggie, I reckon do it now. Do mm. it in the run-up to Christmas, but treat yourself to a pork scratching every day. Oh, God, really? Ooh. that oh. probably put you off meat forever. That's probably... Um, probably what I veg- don't like. Vegetarianism it. by stealth. But yeah, the, the cheese one, I'm all over, though. Oh, the idea that I can have cheese every single... Yeah, and again, I'd want to eat it in the morning when you... Yeah, you open it up as well. Exactly. It's like when you used to open them up when you were a kid. You have to have it before school. Exactly. And I, you know, I quite like that feeling of the first thing you eat is chocolate or cheese, cheese or gin or some lube that you've got in your sex toy event calendar. And on um, that bombshell. Indeed. <laughs> Holly, thanks for ringing. It's You're a, really appreciate it. You take care of yourself. Bye. 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 Here's Marcus. I know, Marcus, you've been a bit nervous. You all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. How are you doing, guys? I'm all right. It's nice to hear your voice. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a wee bit nervous, so... Go on, tell me what you wanted to say. Well, uh, I've got a topic for the listeners. Do it. Um, what would be, if you had if you had the choice, what would be the only... You, you can only eat one thing for the rest of your life, and what would it be? Oh, God. Just one thing. Right, and we don't have to worry about it being something that you could actually live on for the rest of your life. What we're talking about is what could you tolerate for the rest of your life? Mm, yeah, what could you tolerate for the rest of your life? Right. For me, it would be uh, spaghetti bolognese. Oh, yeah. As you can probably tell, have you seen any pictures of me? <laughs> I haven't, and I wouldn't judge anyway. Spaghetti bolognese is a sturdy meal. You probably yeah. could sustain yourself on that. I don't know how, how, what kind of uh, effect that would have on your colon after, say, two oh. weeks. But 
I don't mind spaghetti bolognese myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I don't, I don't mind it where we're a bit of garlic bread or... Yeah, but... Spaghetti bolognese, you're a spaghetti bolognese man. So, yeah. what have you been up to today, Marcus? Uh, well, <clears throat> you're, you're saying, you were saying earlier on about little victory. Yeah. Uh, so a little victory for me just to be alive every day. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm currently undergoing dialysis treatment. Oh, man. So I'm waiting for the new kidney, so... Uh, if anybody is out there, it's going to give me... <laughs> How long's that been? How long have you been waiting? Uh, about a year and a half now. God. So yeah. how how long have you been ill with it? Uh, about a year and a half. Right. What what happened <laughs> then? Oh, uh, I just I just collapsed on me, and I live on an island, so I get airlifted to to a bigger hospital. So they say, look, your kidneys are failing. You're basically dying. Oh my God! And just out of the blue. Yeah, yeah. Out of, out of the blue, no warning, nothing. Uh, I felt ill and I just collapsed. So. Yeah. It's a it's a victory for me to be alive every day. Do you feel yeah. do you feel lucky or you know? I imagine it's knackering. Uh, especially when I live on an island, I have to travel to the mainland to go to the hospital. So that's me there about eight hours every three days, like three days a week. Oh my! Uh, we'll get my unit on the island soon, so that that's not too bad. I've heard of dialysis, and I think like most people, you kind of you get that that's it, it sort of keeps people going until they get until they yeah. get a, a, you know yeah, the you, operation. You, you, you but, can live on it definitely. God, yeah. who wants to be strapped to a machine indefinitely? So, you know what is it like? Um, in, in what aspect? Well, just take me through it. What's an average dialysis session? Uh, well, you go in. Uh, you have to beforehand before you put on the machine and all that palaver. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to get an operation in your arm called a a, a fistula. That's for vascular access. To, so your veins don't uh, collapse because you get needled all the time. Right. Uh, what they do is join two veins up and, and improves blood flow. So I've got that in my arm. Uh, you go in an average day. You go in. Uh, they put the needles into you. Set up the machine. You just sit there for five, six hours. And do they put it uh, straight into you directly, or have you got like, um, what do they call it? A shunt? Is that what they call it? Uh, yeah, it's a fistula in my arm. Oh, right, so it's like a like a tube thing. Yes, yes. Um, and they, 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 put, they put that in, and then you just sit there for like five hours. But you're feeling left knackered because mm. it takes all the toxins out of your body, but it takes all the nutrients out of your body as well. Oh, man. I mean, and then your, your body's got replaced now, so you're absolutely knackered by the time you finish. What do you do while you're waiting? Uh, on the phone and <laughs> play games and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, your quality of life goes down. I mean, I've got, I've got a six-year-old son, right. so, and uh, I, I only see him, like, well, I see him every day, but I only see him, like, properly about twice a week, so... Mm. And does he understand what's different about, you know, the situation? Yeah, it's, 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 um, as far as he's concerned, Daddy needs a new bit, maybe, okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> on the stage, you know. So, yeah. I mean, is the situation that you're just waiting for a phone call all the time? Yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've got a few more tests to do before I'm put on the list properly, uh, before I'm activated on the list. I'm on the list. It's just the same. Somebody has to dive yeah. before they get me. So I've been looking for a live donor as well. Uh, 
with, with, with some degree of success, but there's going to be a blood type match and a tissue match, and that could take a couple of months as well. So. What, what blood type are you? Uh, oh, rhesus D positive. Oh, O positive. Yeah. So, yeah. It, and it, so it needs to be someone with exactly the same. Yep, and the tissue match as well. It doesn't just go by your blood type now. So. Oh man. So it's. Uh, it's one of those things where you just got to take every day as it comes. Like, that's a, a cliche, yeah. I know, but it's probably the only way to think about it, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to make memories where you can. I know it sounds morbid, but... It's not, <laughs> actually. You're embracing life where you got it. Yeah, exactly. That's the way I look at it. I used to get really down about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, what's the point in wasting all that energy? Uh, just just copy DMs, you know? Hey. And, and oh, by the way, I hope Ian gets better soon. Yeah, it's it's just very up and down. That stuff is powerful. You don't realise how powerful it is until you start trying I'm, to reduce I'm, it. I'm on sexually. Uh, where, where kidney disease comes a lot of mental health problems yeah. as well. Because your kidneys control certain parts of your body, the, the hormones and stuff in right. your body, and you get really depressed. And I've been to asylum before. That's not nice. <laughs> You've been to where? I've been suicidal oh, before. Oh, right. Right. Uh, but, but I've just got to carry on living. Yeah. I mean, I've got a sexual son. What was it that oh, made you change yeah. your your kind of attitude to it? Speaking to other people that have been there for a while. Mm. Plus, I had a very, very good friend. Uh, I used to go to Dallas. That's where he sadly lost his life last year. So. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and uh, that spurred me on. to just keep keep going. Keep on keeping on, as the, as the saying goes. Ah, oh, you're a good one, Marcus. Yeah. And, um, uh, oh, can I say hello to everybody on Twitter as well? Everybody? What, even the horrible ones? No, no, not at all. The, the, big, <laughs> uh, the big late night alternative uh, family has got going on there. Oh, yeah, the massive. I'm sure they're all um, yeah. willing you on. Oh, are they? Yeah, they are. You wait, your, your feed's going to blow up. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it was nice to talk to you, Marcus. Don't make it the last time, will you? No, no, I've got a funny feeling I'm going to be a regular caller. Good, good. It'd be nice to hear from you. Hey, and that's not oh. a bad victory either, where no, you explained it. That was great. Yeah. Thank you so much. OK, thank you. Take care. And you, bye-bye. He's off, Marcus. That was his first phone call and he was really nervous about it, but I think he did pretty well, don't you? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. if you want to give me a ring. I'd love to hear from you. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. So the thing that seems to have taken off is the little victories or great big boasts. If you think about it, there's been something that's happened to you today that's been one or the other, right? Maybe you, um, uh, I don't know, got out of work early or uh, you found a fiver or, you know, something massive happened. I'd love to hear from you. It's been one of those days today, I'm going to be honest, so I could do with a little bit of you know, light from you. If you could help me out with that, that'd be brilliant. 03444991000. That phone call from Marcus kind of encapsulates the whole thing, isn't it, right? For some people, being alive, being around today is something massive for others of us and we can you know, kind of forever 
looking at what we don't have rather than what we do. So I want to hear your story, please. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. No, Ian today is not feeling too good. Hopefully, he'll be back tomorrow. But you know, we'll 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 do all right. You know, you and me, we'll work it out. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to give me a ring, you can tweet at Talk Radio or at Flipping Cath, or you can text Talk and your message to eight seven two two two. That's eight seven two two two. Here's another thing for you to get your teeth into. I've never been divorced. I've got plenty of friends who are either going through the process, wish they were going through the process, wish they hadn't gone through the process. You know, it happens. It's not even one in three anymore, is it? It's like one in two. So odds are this is something that, I don't know, may speak to you. Um, this story that, that sort of caught my eye uh, from the Independent um, in uh, Ireland. Explosion felt 15 miles away as woman blows up wedding dress at divorce party. Right, that's one way to get rid of it. A woman celebrated a new single status in explosive fashion by blowing up her wedding dress at a divorce party. Kimberly Santelben Stittler had a celebration with family and friends on Saturday night to mark the end of her 14-year marriage. And the centrepiece of the event in Lacoste, Texas, saw her loading up her wedding dress with explosives before shooting it with a rifle. So not only is she blowing it up, she's also shooting it. That thing is never, ever going to see the light of day again. It's it's bits. The ensuing explosion would apparently have been felt up to 15 miles away. Uh, Carol Santelben Newport, who's Kimberly's sister, told the Press Association, my sister's divorce was fri- finalised on Friday and she wanted to burn her wedding dress. So my dad and my husband took care of things. There's this great picture of, you know, your standard Texan male with his uh, cowboy hat and... Yeah, and, and a younger man holding the dress and getting ready to blow that sucker up. They filled her dress with 20 pounds of tannerite and she shot it with a .308 rifle, creating a beautiful and loud experience. We had Facebook comments and text messages from people hearing the noise in a 15-mile radiance. It was a great way to celebrate her divorce. Kimberly, 43, told the Centre Daily Times that she was determined to burn it because that dress represented a lie. The cake that they've got is... Wow, it's something else. Right, so you've got a Barbie sitting on top of a cake and all you can see is a man's, obviously Ken's, legs with boots on sticking out the bottom. Right, think the Wicked Witch of the West underneath that house. That's that's the vibe we're going for here. Happy divorce. Once the explosion was hit upon, some preparation was needed. For one thing, Kimberly was no expert with guns. To ensure everyone was safe when the dress went boom, the party and therefore the shot that set off the explosion was about 200 yards away from the dress itself. And that was no easy shot. Oh my God, there's a picture of her here. I hope no drink was taken because that is a recipe for disaster. It's like the beginning of like the beginning of um, casualty and then some Texan style. We have a friend who's a bomb tech and he kept saying, that's really a lot of explosives, like five different times when we told him our plan, Carla said, and yet they persisted. <laughs> my dad and husband set the dress up at 100 yards from the barn on our family farm. Everyone was worried it was too close, so they moved it out another 100 yards. Kimberly's not a hunter, so James, my husband, practiced with her that afternoon. She did absolutely amazing, hitting the dress on her first shot and blowing it to pieces. God, she was really determined to get rid of that dress. The moment certainly seemed to go down well with the assembled family and friends, and for Kimberly it was every bit as cathartic as she hoped. It was liberating pulling that trigger, she told Centre Daily Times. It was closure for all of us. I can imagine 14 years... That is the the action of a woman who uh, who was not happy for quite a long time before that marriage came to an end. I always remember that picture of Nicole Kidman when she came out of the solicitor's office after divorcing Tom Cruise. Do you remember that in the street and she sort of her 
eyes raised to heaven and her arms outstretched. Thank God I'm free. But, you know, I know that divorce as well can be really bloody hard. You read about it in the papers and having had friends go through it, I realised that what you see at the end of it is the result of years of wading through, you know, mud and emotions and thinking it's going to work out and then not. And then it's torture. It's absolute torture. So... I'd love to hear your stories about that, you know. Was it good riddance or was it, you know, hard bloody work? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. And have you ever been to one of these, like a divorce party or some sort of farewell party for something other than a person? Because this is a farewell to a marriage. I've got another story here, which is farewell to a leg. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Here it is. Um, it's a, a gymnast who was about to lose her leg. Um, she throws a farewell party for her own leg after learning how to be amputated, despite undergoing 13 surgeries in an attempt to save the limb and her cheerleading dreams. This is another Texan story, actually. It's all going off there. One gymnast threw her leg a farewell party after her cheerleading dreams were shattered by a debilitating condition, which forced her to have her leg amputated. Um, exercise physiologist and physician assistant Christina Godfrey Hurley from Dallas, Texas, had a strong love for cheerleading and CrossFit, having been a competitive cheerleader and coach. In 2013, she began to notice heaviness in her legs, pain in her calves and numbness in her feet, which became increasingly worse and led to her wanting to get her leg checked by doctors. And there's loads of pictures of her in like her, you know, athletic best. I grew up as a gymnast and switched to competitive cheerleading during school, said Tina. I coached and choreographed cheerleading and was a tumbling instructor throughout my schooling. So she's no slouch. I soon started getting symptoms of ex uh, exertional leg heaviness with pain in my calves and foot numbness when walking. Um, doctors diagnosed her with a pop, uh, popliteal artery entrapment syn syndrome known as PAES, a rare condition in which the muscle and tendons near the knee compress um, the artery which runs through the knee. The condition causes limited blood flow to the lower leg and damages the artery. So, you know, the, they worked on it 13 times. And can you imagine that every single time she went in to surgery, she was thinking, is this going to be, you know, a step closer to the end of this, you know, this ongoing situation? In July 2016, she went through her first amputation below the knee because she couldn't climb the stairs or walk 20 feet anymore. In the days before her amputation, she threw a farewell foot party to celebrate the next stage in life. I was ready for the amputation when it came round, said Tina. I even threw a farewell party so that a lot of people in the community could come. I couldn't get up a flight of stairs. I was ready to make a change to improve my quality of life. I never knew how long my road to recovery would be, though. That's the thing, right? Until you're in it, you don't know how you're going to feel about it. Oh, hang on a minute. I've got someone on the phone who might have an idea. Hey, Gary, Gatford. Can't I knew you were coming to me there. <laughs> well, I felt like the I was being directed in your direction. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing story. Um, I mean, that's brave. You know, I, I I had a toe amputated. It's comparison to a leg. It's literally nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, I never thought of throwing the party. I did, don't know. What, can you have one retrospectively? Do you think? Possibly. Did they let you yeah. keep? They didn't let you keep it, did they? No, no, no. I, I did ask, but they said no. It had been taken off for analysis. But then they came back and said it was definitely a toe. Yeah, okay, definitely a toe, and you definitely didn't need it. Don't worry about it. Um, I mean, I met. Funnily enough, it reminded when you were saying that story. It reminded me, I did meet someone um, who was having their leg amputated or had their yeah, was having their leg amputated the day before my toe amputation. And kind of like we were just sort of chatting. We'd met each other a couple of times, uh, at various appointments. And I was the one that encouraged he once was at one of the hospital appointments and he was worried about going upstairs because he was ill 
and I sort of encouraged him and said, look, if you're ill, it could be something more serious, and it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I remember meeting him again when I got to get to my operation. But he, he was someone that was having a leg amputated, and he'd accepted it, totally accepted it, um, to the point where I felt really silly about being worried about my own situation. But how long had you been suffering with your foot before Gosh. they made that decision? Seven... So it was August, so eight months before they made the decision. So eight months was the first sign of infection. Yeah. Um, I had one operation in December that was to clean it out, and then another in January to remove a bone in the toe, and then March was amputation. God. And they, they, they did everything. I can't, I can't say they didn't. They did everything they could. And in the end, the decision was made... And you know, you know, it's weird when you say when someone says to you, "Okay, we now have to make the decision." It was easier than I thought, in the sense that I, nobody, no, they'd explained it so well, it made sense. Yeah, because you knew they tried every other avenue. Yeah, it wasn't like it was just right tomorrow we're going to amputate your toe. No, they tried everything. I mean, I when when I used to go out to the hospital, guys' hospital in London, um, there was a team of about seven or eight people that I saw. It wasn't just one person that would come around and go, "Right, I'll look at this." There was, you know, all sorts of people that you see to make that decision. So she would, this woman, this woman in America would have had a bigger team because the leg obviously would have had much more impact. Yeah. And it was, it was, it made you feel like you weren't alone in it. Yeah. That sounds silly. Yeah. I, well, they use things, they use terms like, we're going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I imagine with her, because I was thinking about it, you know, to, to have that attitude... As I said, I, I don't know how I would be until... You don't know how you're going to be about anything like this until you're in it, right? And and I know from people who've gone through, you know, cancer treatment and stuff that is, it sounds nightmarish, that you just go from one appointment to the next and you deal yeah. with what you've got on your plate at that particular point, point right? And a friend of mine at the moment is, is having treatment and she said she's fed up with people saying she's brave. She's just managing, right? And, th- and that's yeah. kind of what you do. I'm imagining with this woman, 13 operations, all the pain that goes along with it. She'd probably had enough. It, I mean, I'm still suffering with some foot problems myself at the moment. Yeah. And um, ironically, I joked with a colleague today at work that I said, oh, I, I considered having the toe or the foot off this time. And, and she went, oh, don't ever say that. And she was really serious. She was yeah. like, don't. She said, you fight it all the way. Well, be, and she said, you're being really brave. But I just had that momentary, like, although I said it in jest, it's like, I've been in a, a, a boot and, and stuff since July now this year. Um, and it's really annoying. And it's obviously coming up to Christmas and everything like that. And it's getting frustrating. So it's, but I just had that momentary moment of weakness or whatever. No, saying. I don't think it is. I think it's... Um, reality. Yeah. You yeah. probably think... I want to find. I, you know, I want to. I want to be normal, even if it's a new normal. I yeah. want. I want this particular situation to be done. I, I. I know this might sound stupid, but I'd like it very much not to be that the next thirty years of my life are the one without with only nine toes. <laughs> and I know that's uh, that's not me being sort of like, oh, please don't mention it ever again. That's me just going in my own head. I'd yeah. like me not to be the one with nine toes. Yeah, you don't want it to be an ongoing saga. Yeah. I'd rather be ridiculed for many other of my personality traits, <laughs> um, of which there are numerous, than that. Well, well, let's see, Gary. I can't, I can't reassure you in any way no. because I can't offer any, any guarantee that the ridicule won't continue on this show. In fact, I could probably guarantee it will. Yeah. But what form that will take? Well, a lot of it depends on you, but a lot of it depends yeah. on Ian. Yeah. In which case, I'm stuck. <laughs>
Um, <laughs> but I wish him all the best. I hope he's. Uh, I hope he has a good uh, a good evening off. Yeah, so do I. Um, and uh, and chi- uh, I'll say chills out, relaxes. Well, yeah, That's what everyone needs to do. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure so. we'll hear all about him when he comes back. I don't want to really go into too much detail no, no, about no, no. it. He'll but talk it's... about it when he wants to talk about but, it. You know, it's crappy. Yeah. It's crappy, and I'm kind of relieved that he's just letting, letting himself off a bit. Right, anyway, nice to speak to you, Gatford. Indeed, take care. Enjoy Bye. Hey, thanks very much. Should we go for a break? Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. if you want to give me a ring. I'd love to hear from you. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. It's a free-for-all. You can talk about whatever you want. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. But if you like a, b- a box to, to put something in, well, how about uh, we're doing great big boasts or small victories? Think about it. There'll be something that happened today that was one or the other. You can come on and boast about your kid being an amazing reader or having, like, I don't know, uh, managed not to break anything today or, or sit the fingers in the electric. Whatever it is, oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. I'd love to hear from you. We've got uh, Angela, we've got Louise, we've got Ian. But I've always got time for you. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand, or you can text at Talk Radio. Oh, sorry, that's tweet at Talk Radio or at Flipping Calf, or you can text Talk and your message to me here on eight seven two two two. Here's Angela. Hey, Angela. Hi, Catherine. Hey, long time no speak. I know. I've been a bit busy. I've been a bit. We've had um, we've been we've been all over the place, but everything's fine. For good reasons, though, because I know you were having a hard time before. Yeah, I'm 55 now. Are you? Yeah. When did that happen? October the 23rd. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Did, did you do anything special? Um, just, yeah, bits and bobs. It was nice. <laughs> Who made you a cake? Uh, I didn't have one. What? But I had loads of beers. <laughs> All right, well, well, that'll do. You I, don't want cake I, and beer. That'd be, that. that'd be too much. <laughs> so what have you um, got for us tonight, Angela? Well, what I was thinking, um, do you know that thing that's been on telly about, you know, you know, remember 2014 when incapacity went over to ESA? Right. Yeah. Well, and, if, and then I had a letter to say that they might have underpaid me. Oh. So, so, well, I'm gone. The 4th of, 4th, 4th of October 2014, and I can't even remember yesterday. So I rang up twice and said, we have to, you don't have to fill the form out, but we can go through it on the phone on on Tuesday and see if we do owe you any money. But he said they can't let it go because mm-hmm. they, they didn't, they had me some money. But then I said, well, I've got all the paperwork. I've got all my incapacity um, letters from before David Cameron came in. I'm not missing him either. <laughs> Not missing you, Dave. Anyway, um, so I've got all my paperwork work ready. Anyway, yeah. Hmm. You're thorough. So what? They're going to give you. They're going to give you a ring. Are you sure it's them? It's not someone on the wind up. No, it's got. I've got a proper letter because I've run the the fee phone number, and and it's um, the incapacity section is still there, apparently. Right. Uh, and he said, don't we, Mr. Code, because everyone's got it. And he said, oh, the phones have been busy all day today. He said, right. <laughs> I said, I'm not surprised. But, but that, uh, he said, um, as things carries on, it's just that we could, you can say no t- and yes if you want. Mm. But he said, you'd like to, t- to see if I, he owed me money. 
and thought, oh, well, okay, then I'll give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> and see what happens. Okay, well, go yeah. carefully. Don't be giving, you know, see, mm. you've, you're definitely yeah. sure. Cause, I don't know. It feels a bit no, I weird. Got, I, no, I got a proper letter from the job centre from right. Wolverhampton. Right. Yeah, I got it all. Good. I got, I got definitely got it all. I rang them up and um, it was definitely them because right. I always ring them straight away. And but, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, I don't want to rain on your parade, but you know, when someone yeah. says they owe me money, they owe me money. I always get quite cynical and go, "Oh, hang on a minute," you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, but you can opt out. That you don't have to go ahead yeah. with it. But well, I'm sure they'd love it if you didn't. Uh, yeah, but he said he'd like like to see if they they don't me money if they underpaid me that period of time. So, what kind said, of well, did they say? What kind of amounts they're talking about? No, but they they, they said because you know that thing that was on telly. Yeah. Um, that, I don't, but I'm saying that, yeah. No, but the government said um, they might owe a lot of people money at that period of time when they transferred over. Right. And like they, I don't know why they didn't leave it as it was, but mm. but they said they, they told me not to be stressed about it, but I could hear that they had a lot of calls. Right. So, mm. are you feeling hopeful? Um, I, I'd be surprised if they did owe me money. Um, and like that it was a, I said I said this is actually bringing quite bad memories from from that government period mm. and uh, I said oh, I'm, I'm a bit stronger than some people that 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 are not out there but it got tough and, did uh, it yeah it got really tough but but uh, well but it's a different government now so hopefully yeah. we can see what what they've been messing about since like they've they've Fourth of October, two thousand and fourteen. I can't even remember yesterday. No, I don't. I don't blame you. Well, onwards and upwards. So you'll find out what next week. Did you say? Yeah, Tuesday. So I'll give you a ring and see what they say. Yeah. I'll come and see you. I think fingers crossed. Yeah. Um. Because they. Because um. Because it was It's like. It's really quite hard to explain. Because now I'm on ESA income related where you get your free prescriptions and stuff like that right and they they think because i'm on the higher one um like the disability one and they they said that it's because i might be been entitled to the esa income related back then well so they'll backdate it mm, probably We've got a lot of money then, isn't Angela, it? you could be quids in. You better be careful. There'll be people flocking round. You'll be getting begging letters. I haven't told anyone. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> you sit on it. Um, but me, me and my partner discussed it. We might want to go see our friends in Yorkshire. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, that would be lovely. Well, it would be nice to see you if you do. That's the thing in Halifax, right? Mm. Threads. Yeah. Although I, yeah. I hear... I've been joking about it on Twitter and people think I mean it. I hear that it's uh, it's not a it's not a rip roaring like giggle wagon. This <laughs> film it's it's quite depressing and you may regret ever seeing it. But yeah, probably yeah. we'll have fun somehow. Oh well. And Reese Dinsdale is very charming. It's going to be great to hear his thoughts yeah. on it. Mm. Yeah, and 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 and, um, and guess what happened? Um, I wash it. I wash me machine broke down. Of course it did. And, uh, uh, yeah, of course it did. <laughs> Sod's law. And, uh, 
And um, we got his day, got his my partner's man's washing machine at the minute, and um, we, we we buried her a few weeks back. Um, oh dear, it's I'm sorry been to tough, mate. I bet it has. Well, mm. listen, I hope the things are on the up for you, Angela. It's about time, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and about divorce. Um, yeah. Um, uh, my brother's going through the same thing. Mm. Um, uh, but he's pretty. He's pretty. He's, he's mentioned anyway, but um, he, he, he's like better on his own. So there's like hope for Ian if he's listening that it, it will get better in time, yeah. and it will get easier. Yeah. And, and I know medication is funny, and it can play play with your mind. I've had a few medications that's played with my mind, and yeah. The, the pity to, is you can't tell um, when you're in it. Sometimes, you know. No. It's really, really hard, but but we'll keep them company at Christmas. Yeah. Thanks, Angela. Mm, no worries, mate. Take yes, care. Speak to you soon. Speak Bye, to you soon. Oh, yeah, I'll speak to you on Tuesday, and I might see you soon. Let's have a quick word with Louise. Hey, Louise. Good evening, Carl. Hey, what's going you? on? I'm all right. Hey. <laughs> um, I've got a serious one for you this evening. Go on. Um, no, just uh, sort of personal victories and yeah. things like that. Um, I've sort of realised that it was this time last year that I was in the addictions unit and just kind of an update on on what's been going on there. Go on, fire away. You know. um, well, they they wanted to discharge me from the addiction service because of what's been going on with mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of managed to talk them out of it. Um, until I think it's the 29th that I have to go back and see my key worker. Um, I've had to change uh, antidepressants. Um, That was sheer hell. Yep, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, absolute hell. Um, I had to drop down five days. Um, Oh, this is... A little bit. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Um, Take your time. It's it's part of the. I think it's one of the side effects of the new antidepressant. I'm on. I get tongue tied, yeah. and I'm hyper aware of it, so it makes it worse. Yeah. Um, the old antidepressant. I had to drop down five days. Drop down again five days. Then stop for five days before starting the new one. Right. So and, you uh, want five days in the wilderness? <laughs> at one point, I actually thought I was losing touch with reality. Yeah. Um, the best about it was um, my parents who lived next door uh, they were away on holidays so I had no support around me apart from two very close online friends who thankfully stayed on video call with me and just stayed there with me, talked me through it yeah yeah. Complete nightmare. Um, people can be but, brilliant, can't they? You know, people who are not trained but care about you can do their best. But, you know, there'll be, there'll be a couple who just have to walk alongside you. And that's, that's, that's all you can ask for, really. They literally held my hand. Yeah. You know, well, not literally, but, yeah. you know, they held my hand. They sent me through it. Yeah. Um, you know, got onto the new medication. It seems to be working. There is some not nice side effects from it. Yeah, but they're bearable. Yeah, they're 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 tolerable. What, um, what, what kind of side effects we're talking about? Uh, this tongue-tied business, yeah. and like I said, because I'm hyper aware of it, that makes it worse. Mm-hmm. 
sense of taste has completely disappeared. I've I've no taste. Oh. I can taste I can taste sweet things, but you set me down just ordinary food or I make ordinary food. I can't taste it. I'm not enjoying it. Does that, um, does that mean your appetite's gone? I'm still feeling hungry. Right. But I'm I'm absolutely not enjoying anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm gravitating towards the sweet things. I'm noticing weight gain, you know, almost straight away with it. Yeah. Um I haven't been on it that long. Um, straight away I'm noticing weight gain and I had done very well to lose an awful lot of weight. Yeah. But But you I know now is not the time to be worrying about that. You just gotta you gotta survive. Yeah, well, the psychiatrist had said to me that weight gain was one of the side effects, and yeah. I said to her, "Weight's something that I can lose. I need, yeah. I need to get on top of the mental health." Yeah, exactly. You know, I need to get on top of it. So, anyway, from where I was this time last year, this time last year, I was sitting in an addiction unit. Mental health wasn't a concern at that time. That was all under control. Yeah. <sighs> It had been over 13 years, you know, since I'd sort of suffered an episode as bad as, you know, what I've, I've suffered recently. Yeah. But that's under, well, I think it's under control again. You know, I'm back on the up from that. Yeah. I'm having far more good days than I am bad days. You've got to hold yeah, on to I, that, haven't you, Louise? You've got to hold on to that because um, it, it's it, it's an ongoing thing, but it, it's like progress yeah. not, Progress, not perfection. You can't have it all, but look at what you've done. Look at how far you've come in just a year. That's exactly, you know, that's, that's the point I'm, you know, I'm trying to make. Yeah. Um, you know, pain-wise as well. Um, I've seen the, the pain consultant. Um, you know, what he's planning to do has no has no bearing on uh, what you call it. Forgetting words, yeah. Thing again, um, Louise. Listen, I've, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go because we're coming up to the news. But I, do you know what? It's so ah. good to hear you sounding more positive, and I know it's an ongoing thing. But we're all rooting for you. No, feeling, feeling an awful lot better. Thank you definitely. so much. Hey, we, maybe we'll see you soon. I'll see you on Saturday. <laughs> Great, I'll see you Saturday. <laughs> Brilliant. See you then. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to give us a ring, I'd love to hear your story this evening. Uh, we'll talk about whatever you want. But if that thing, the you know, little victories, big boasts, floats your boat, then feel free. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Right, let me paint a picture for you and and see if this means anything to you. I think women... Well, I certainly rang bells for me, so, you know, here's the thing. I was looking through Twitter earlier on and there was this, um, this post that Rufus Hound had sort of flagged up and he'd sort of said, you know, guys, we need to be more more conscious of this um and this is from rachel hewitt right here's i'm just going to read it out and i'll and then i'll leave it to you come back with what you come back with do you know what i mean a while ago i did a little experiment and i noticed that as i walked through crowded city streets or tube stations i was constantly darting around male pedestrians nimbly sidestepping to avoid collisions i decided for a month to try to counteract this learned behavior I pressed forward without dodging or skirting around men, but men weren't used to moving out of a woman's way, and I ended up having numerous collisions, more than two a day, which were met with abuse or complete amazement more often than an apology. 
This week I've been reading experimental social psychology articles which measure and quantify what it's like to be a female pedestrian. It won't come as any surprise to urban female walkers, but this is what the research shows. Women spend more time scanning pavements for obstacles than men. They're more obedient to rules, so they're less likely to cross lines and less likely to cross at red lights. Males walk faster with more power and their course is less likely to be perturbed by pedestrians or traffic. Male walkers have to wait at crossing for traffic to stop for much shorter times than women. Male pedestrians engage in far more risk-taking behaviour, including using mobile phones while walking, and are twice as likely to die in collision with vehicles than women. But even more interesting to me is the data on interpersonal distances between male and female walkers. Males are given a much wider berth by men and women than females, and male groups take up much more space on pavements than mixed or female groups. Male groups' boundaries are much less likely to be permeated than those of female groups. Men are more likely to crowd women at, for example, ATMs or at the edge of crossings, and women exit from such invasions of personal space faster than men. In 1975, some researchers concluded that social power is the ability to move others spatially or otherwise, and that these sex-based differences in pedestrian behaviour clearly mapped a vast differential of social power. In short, men stamp their power onto public space. Women know this: that walking through a city involves constant negotiation to avoid conflict with men; that we're constantly making ourselves smaller, less obtrusive, less confrontational, but more invisible. Men, can you imagine what it's like to live like this? Men, can you imagine what it's like to live your life, even something as mundane as walking down the street, in fear and capitulation and with such a lack of confidence? So, next time you're crowding a woman at an ATM, or expecting her to swerve out of your way, or walking straight through a small group of women, be aware that your behaviour is part of a pattern of power and domination. It's not the biggest deal in the whole world, sure, but it sends a message to women that public space is owned by men. It makes our experiences of living in the world much more stressful and scary. It makes the experience of walking for women, which is what I'm interested in, a lot less about pleasure and a lot more about fear. End. Right. I don't know about the fear thing. I'm not frightened, but I have noticed this. Right, and it's become a running joke with me and Ian because obviously he's six foot four. I'm five foot six, and although I feel a lot smaller next to him. And I find that he walks in straight lines when we walk down the street together, and I'm the one that always has to kind of either bob behind him to let people by, or people kind of um, force me onto, off onto the pavement. Force me? Maybe I move off the pavement to let people by, but I'm the one that moves around a lot, and people don't seem to see me. Is it because I'm smaller than him? Maybe. I, I, I don't think I walk with any less purpose. I've been told I walk like a copper. That was by um, the cleaner at Three Counties. She used to say, oh, I can hear you coming a mile off. You walk like a copper. You can hear my feet walking along the uh, the corridor. I, I'm quite heavy footed. So I don't think I walk, you know, like a sparrow. I'm not I'm not careful like that. I don't think I come across as someone who doesn't know where they're going. I tend to walk with purpose. But yeah, I've noticed that thing. I'm just going to lay it out there. I've noticed that. I don't know whether it's a man, woman thing or me being smaller than the person I'm with. But obviously they look for the lighthouse. They see this massive obstacle coming towards them and they don't see me. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. What do you reckon? And, you know, if you're honest, blokes, do you think that you maybe do do that? You know, the whole the man spreading thing, you know, do men kind of assume women? We spend our whole lives crossing our legs and making ourselves smaller. I'm going to say it. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Give us a shout. Um, Ian and Alison have been on the phone for ages. Alison, I'll come to you in a second. I promise you. But Ian's been here a bit longer. Hey, Ian. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Nice to hear from you. What are you doing? 
Uh, well, nothing. I'm, I've got to go back to work tomorrow. I've just had three days off. Oh, bless! And do you know what? That's, that's, I'm listening to the course tonight. Um, I think there's something in what you were saying about, you know, you got to really enjoy those moments when there is nothing wrong. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know exactly I, what you I mean. I don't want to come across as smug or anything. I had a simple day today. Um, and, you know, I had no plans or anything. I, I went up to Marlow. I don't know if you know Marlow. Yes, I do. Um, went and sat by the river, three loaves of bread, and just fed the um, seagulls. Um, they, you know, they go crazy. They fly right into your face. It's, it's hysterical. Yeah, you're brave feeding the seagulls, God. Oh, man, they take it out of your hand. If you hold it up, they'll take it out of your hand, too. Yeah. And uh, it's just just one of those days where, and, you know, and listening to the people tonight, um, it is it's a wonderful feeling that, that I walked there on my two legs. I had no trouble. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I have no worries at the moment, and everything was good. And that was a really beautiful sunny day today, too. Great. Did you feel it at the time, or is it just in retrospect when you realise how lucky you were today? Well, no, no. I mean, like I said, I've just had three days off work, so I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I could have sat on that bench all day looking at the water, just doing nothing. And it, I don't know, I, I, spend as much time as you can just enjoying the moments that you that are happy. Yeah. Because, you know, and maybe, maybe it helps you better when things do go badly that you can look back on those times or look forward to those times again. Yeah. Life's all about kind of the peaks and troughs, isn't it? But it's nice when you're in a peak or even just, you know, not in a trough to go, do you know what? It's all right. This is all right. And um, and I need to hold on to this feeling for as long as I can. And to know that, you know, if I ever do hit the troughs again, I, I remember it wasn't always like that, you know, and it won't always be like that in the future. Yeah, no, I didn't want to, I didn't want to come across as... Because the more I was listening to people tonight, the more I was thinking, do you know, this is going to be a terrible call. No! Do you know what? Things are great for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) because those people will have good days too. It's it's all, you know, it's all all relative, you know, what a good day is. That's what I'm trying to get across. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years ago, nearest thing I've got to this, um, I won't drone on, uh, I I quit smoking. Yeah. And um, uh, when you quit smoking, you cough a lot. Yeah. I probably still do cough a lot. What, in the mornings, were you coughing up crap? Oh, I I just cough a lot anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I got it checked out, and um, I had to to have two lung Mm x-rays. And the the first one, um, there there was a slight shadow. And the x-ray lady said, it's nothing, it's probably just a cold, but, you know, we'll we'll do it again in about a month. And I, I really didn't think anything of it. And in a month's time, I had a another x-ray and it was all clear it was all gone and my legs were absolutely clear and fine and i was driving home in traffic and i was there's people pulling up you know pulling out one year and i thought oh jesus christ you know here and i was stuck in traffic and then i suddenly thought why am i whining about this this could have been the worst day of my life but it's not yeah and sometimes that you know i mean i could i could have been told a different story today and a different road i'd have had to go down yeah and I didn't. And since then, and I know it was a sore thing, there was nothing wrong with me. But since then, you sort of sit there and think, well, try not to worry about what's going to happen. But that's not easy for everybody, and that's not easy for me sometimes. No, you can't. it's one of those things you have to remind yourself. Yeah. You sort of catch yourself so not hope, doing it. 
Yeah, and I hope everything works out for you guys oh, too. Um, like I say, your shows, well, I've rung in a couple of times now, and I don't ring in radio shows, but uh, it's, it's always good to, to listen to your show. It really does make me smile every night. Oh, good. Well, that's job done then. Thank you. You've just made my night. Oh, well, then you're easily pleased. <laughs> I am totally easily pleased, honestly. I'm like those seagulls just took me a crust. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. I oh. mean, just re- just reacting with anything. Um I mean, I w- walked the dog this morning, and we live up in, well, Stoke and Church. Was, oh, very we, nice. It is, it is nice and posh. We, li- we live in the rougher area, and apparently it was a beautiful view before my house was built. <laughs> <laughs> so an old lady across the road told us. Wonderful. I've always and, wanted uh, to be a blot on the landscape. Oh, she was so mean. She, when we first moved in, she was, she was such a mean old lady. My, my daughter was, um, I'd only just been born, and I... Sorry, I'm rambling. Aren't no, you're not at all. Go on. Oh, uh, well, she she was across the road. She must have been a hundred then. <laughs> this was twenty years ago, and um, I saw her with some shopping. And I said, "Oh, let me get your hand with that." And um, I helped her. And uh, I said, "Oh, we've, you know, we've just moved in, and this is a we've got a little baby." And she said, "Oh, so that will be screaming all night then." Okay. Oh, so I said, "Well, we'll we'll, we'll try to let it." <laughs> it helps us sleep, and then uh, and then she said, "I said, well, it's, it's pretty little village, isn't it?" And she said, "It used to be till they built your house. I could see such a set." Oh God! You know what? I know that you're supposed to respect your elders, but I would have put her shopping down. Oh, when she, uh, when she, well, she passed away a few years ago, and it's odd because she was, she was sort of rude to my wife a mm. few times. But my wife was the one when she got ill. She was the one who, because her kids never saw her. I don't think. When her, when, you know, my wife was always the one who went over and got her shopping and bought her clothes and stuff like that. Yeah. But it, it's funny how it turns out. Yeah, yeah. Did she, she did she, she soften me, any or did she keep, keep giving you the zingers? I don't know. I think she, I think, I don't know if she softened or... Well, she you got used to it. <laughs> you know, some people expect a certain level of treatment and she expected it yeah. to be, to be worshipped. Yeah. And she told my wife what flowers not to plant in the garden because deer would come and get it. Oh. So um, so my wife deliberately pump, uh, planted those because she wanted to see some deer. Good girl. No, we never did see any, though. <laughs> hey, nice to speak to you, Ian. It's great to speak to you, and I hope everything goes groovy with you, OK? Thank you. I hope so, too. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Steve Hewitt sent me a message. Cat, the walking st- uh, streets thing, it's all in the mind. I get pleasure from bursting through gangs on the street. It's all about confidence. I don't think there's an army of men trying to stop women moving along. I don't think there's an army of men. I don't think that it's... Um, if it is a man-woman thing, I don't think it's a conscious thing by men. I think it's just that you take up more space and you're not, and you're not as challenged. You know, as a woman... When I walk down the street, I'm kind of looking for obstacles. I'm looking for, like, I'm always looking over my shoulder. And it's not that I fear that someone's going to... I suppose it is. It's a primeval thing of I want to make sure no one's coming up behind me too close. You know, you're worried about, you know, being being touched up or or attacked, you know. And walking down the street late at night, guys probably will be scanning the area for people going to, like, jump them. But I, women are hyper aware of that all the time. And this whole thing of, you know, uh, the equality of the sexes and everyone's everyone's groovy with each other these days. Do you know what? Today I can walk down the street and not be uh, Wolverine in my keys in my hand late at night. Is the moment I'll realise that we've reclaimed the streets. But for now, I think there is definite division. And I don't think you're doing it on purpose. I, of course I don't think you're doing it on purpose. But walking too close to a woman, 
you're probably less aware of it than she is. I'm just going to say it like that. Let's have a quick word with Alison. Hey, Alison. Hello. 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 Hi, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. You on the move? Yes, I am. I'm driving, but I'm hands-free, so I'm all safe. Good. What did you want to say, Alison? I'm so sorry you were hang- hanging on so long. No, that's fine. Just, I've, I've listened to some of the callers since then, and um, we've had a few bits of bad luck in our family with our children the last few weeks, so oh, I thought I'd tell you about that. Yeah, go on. But the, the good thing is that they, they're all sports injuries, and they're fine, and it just, um, over the past while, I've realised how lucky we are to have three healthy children. Right. First of all, my oldest, who's 14, broke his toe. He does stunt scooting and broke his toe, which was a fairly minor injury. Two weeks later, he fell again at the skate park and broke both his tibia and his fibula very badly and had to have surgery. Oh, my God. He he, he spent a week in hospital, which was a bit of a worry, but during that time in hospital, I've witnessed so many families with really sick children that I thought we were so lucky. It's a sports injury. He'll recover. He's going to be uncomfortable for a few months. But he'll be fit and healthy, you know, and he'll be fine. Yeah. Do you think he'll be any more careful, or is he that kid that's always in the ER? Well, I don't know. I don't know. He said he'll never go on his scooter again when it happens because I think he got right himself. But I think he will. I'm sure he'll. he'll sh- I'm sure he'll go back on it. And I will encourage him to go back on it because, you know, if you don't enjoy yourself, you're not gonna. You have to take this. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, kids, kids break and they repair. Yeah. So you'll be fine. But um, last week I was out running and I went over on my ankle and tore my ligaments in my ankle. Um, so that was another one. And then today I'm down in Manchester um, just to meet my brother and his wife to babysit for my nephew. Just about to get in the car to go home and my husband phoned me to tell me that my daughter fell at dancing and broke her foot. Oh no. So, so we've had a catalogue of injuries but all short-lived and, you know, they'll recover from the all. Is everyone done now, or is there any members of the family that haven't been to the hospital in the last month yeah, or so? Yeah, another little boy, so we're just let's <laughs> hope that he keeps himself safe. <laughs> Incredible. So how, how are you doing now after your uh, running injury? It's something I will never have, because I can't run. All right, well, it's okay, but actually I had a much worse running injury. Three years ago, I was out running, and I fell and broke my neck. What? Would you believe? Yep, I know. Nobody would believe it, and that's why my son says it doesn't. The stunt scooting says, Mum, you can fall and break your neck when you're running, so you've just got to do what you love doing. Yeah, I guess. Um, How did you break your neck? What did you fall into? A, a well? I was running, a, not just cross, um, cross-country cross running, very early on a Sunday morning, tripped over a tree route, oh, landed on my face, <gasps> jerked my head back, broke my neck. God! Um, yeah, so that that was a sore one and took a wee while to recover, but I am running again, so... So there you go. And I usually listen to talk radio when I'm running in the morning. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, well I'm glad. But I hope we weren't with you on that fateful day when you broke your neck. You can't... No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't listening to that, you know. But I, I, like, break, break your neck was always the thing that my mum would say. You be careful, you'll break your neck. and Because yeah, it seemed like you would never come back from it. So I'm really surprised to hear, yeah. one, you seem all right about it, and two, you're back running yeah. again. No, I know. It was a bad one. It was my C1, which is the same one that um, Christopher Reeves, the broke, oh, and yeah. ended up paralysed as a result. So I was very, very lucky. 
Good grief. Well, well, good on you. So some, some of your callers have had some sad stories tonight, but I just thought I'd lighten up a wee bit. Some injuries there, but all good at it. All brought on by yourselves, Aspie said as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Try and keep fit. <laughs> Thanks very much for calling, Alison. You've reminded me why I don't run. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Okay. Bye bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You're listening to Talk Radio. We can talk about whatever you want. We're talking about you know kind of reasons to be cheerful, little um, victories or great big boasts. Have you had something wonderful happen today, or have you done really well by I don't know getting your socks on? For some people, that's a big deal. You know, maybe you got your kid to sit still for more than ten minutes today, or you did, you put turn the television off and there wasn't World War Three. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Love to hear from you. You can talk about that. We can talk about this thing about farewell parties. We've heard about a woman having a farewell to her wedding dress by blowing it up. Not only did she blow it up, she also shot it just to make sure that it would never be worn again because she said her 14-year marriage had been a lie, so she never wanted to see that dress again. This was in Texas. And also in Texas, a woman who'd had 13 operations on her leg had a farewell party when they finally amputated it because she said, you know, good riddance to it. So things that you have lost... And you're pretty glad about it. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand, um, all that 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 little victories, big boasts, things seems to be going off. But you can also give me a ring and just check in. Let's have a chat. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You're listening to Talk Radio, and I'm here for another uh, hour and forty minutes. So don't leave it too much longer. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. Thanks, Sir Graham, for this tweet about the um, space on the streets thing we were talking about earlier on. There was this woman who's um, been tweeting about she'd noticed that women seem to move around more when you're walking down the street, move out of the way of, of blokes walking along. And it's not something that blokes are doing consciously, it transpires. She's found a load of studies that suggest that blokes, because they're bigger and take up more space, and also, you know, you kind of... For years and years, you've been at the top of the tree. You don't think about moving out of the way so much as women do. Women scan and, and have kind of been brought up to be agreeable and to move out of the way, whether you realise you're doing it or not. You know, I'm not saying that I'm a, a shrinking violet. I stick up for myself, but I have to recognise the fact that um, I move out of the way a lot. You should see it. I, we should film it one day. Obviously, they'll be moving out of the way because me and Ian would have like helmet cams on and we'd look like idiots. But it's become a joke with us. We walk down the street, he walks in a straight line and I'm bobbing and weaving like a boxer. It's incredible. Um, Graham put, in recent years, as I've got older, I found that I've been more conscious of keeping my distance, especially at night or when there aren't many others around because I'm not wanting to appear intim- intimidating to anyone. Not that I probably am, but just in case. That's the thing. That's the thing. A lot of blokes don't think of it like that and it's not their fault. It's just, you know, it's just the way it's worked out over centuries. Um... I wonder whether anyone else has felt like that. I've walked down the street before and felt someone walking too close and it's a really, it's a horrible feeling because you don't want to appear rude or to be suggesting that they're some kind of pervert, but you would really like them to, you know, back up. Um, and I think in the past I've made excuse, you know, I've, um, pretended I've forgotten something or, uh, tied my shoelace to see if they passed by or, you know, stupid things like that. Diversionary tactics. But it's all about kind of survival, especially when you're walking down the street at night. And I feel a lot safer in cities than I do in the town where I live. Mostly because there's always people around in cities. In the town where I live, you and one other person on the street, you're very, very conscious of them. 
very conscious and very conscious of, of where they are in proximity to you. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Hey, Christian. Hello, Kath. Hey, nice to hear from you. How are you doing? Uh, good, thanks. Good, thanks. Um, I definitely think you should do the helmet cam thing. The helmet cam may be the way to get people out of the way. Uh, how big are the cameras? Well, I'll put a massive one on if it means <laughs> I get to walk down the street. Do it, please. It'd be funny, wouldn't but, it? But, but film you wearing the cameras, <laughs> not so much the other the other side of the I cameras. That's why. I tell you what, I've got. I've got a dash cam that I were, I used for a bit <laughs> because I was getting some real dodgy stuff happening on the way home from work. But I took it out and never used it again. Maybe the dash cam. I could like rig it up to some sort of body body cam like the cops do. Yeah, yeah, it'll be like a Crime Stoppers <laughs> Ian Cast. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I've got a, I've got a little victory that, that may also be um, a big victory. I don't know. Go I, on. I, we'll see where it goes. I've got facial hair. <laughs> for the for one of the first times in my life, I'm actually starting to get facial hair around the parts where I didn't think I was ever going to get facial hair. All right. And looking at, looking in the mirror, it doesn't look much to look at, but for me, it's huge because all my life, all my mates, one after another. They're getting these big bushy beards, and that seems to be the thing at the minute. Where, you know, people are growing beards, they're styling beards. Everyone always goes, "Oh, well, you, you know, you'll you'll get there eventually. You'll get there." I think it's still one of those those things that uh, for a guy in his in his mid twenties could struggle with, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, for some reason, um, now I'm looking in the mirror and going, "Right, it's happening there." Eventually, we'll have this. You, you can you can start to actually look a bit more like a a, a man. Well, in a way. hang on. Paint me a face map. Where is this growing? And is it close to? I mean, or are you patchy? It's actually my forehead. That's what. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's so. I've always had kind of like the the mustache. Right. Uh, I'm quite I'm quite happy with that, but sadly that that fell out of fashion about I don't know maybe twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, and, Although and I think there was a slight revival about two years ago, but only in one part of London. Well, I'll start the next revival. It's going to happen. And it, um, and it was the proper. It was the old-fashioned Tom Selleck, and they called it the Sturdy. I think the Selleck needs to make a return personally, <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, the the bits that are missing. It's kind of like a like a collect them all in like cereal packets at the minute for my face. Um, I've got like the sideburns. They keep coming in, and those are the bits that almost come in a bit too much. Right, so you've got to really shave there. The middle bits between the chin and the jaw, those are the bits we're struggling with. Right. Uh, so at the minute, I've just seen little sprouts, and for me, that is hope. <laughs> what have you been doing? Have you been doing like a facial massage to promote growth? Honestly, it's weird because I was at uni um, about oh, five, five, six years ago. I remember a friend's dad, really good friend of mine, said. Well, actually, no, he didn't say it to me, which still sits a little bit unlikely <laughs> with me. He said to her, who then passed on to me, saying, tell him to keep shaving, it will happen. And I was like, oh, oh no, someone's dad is pointing out that I haven't got a lot of facial hair. That's worse than a girlfriend's dad <laughs> saying he's not got a lot of facial hair. Yeah. So, that's yeah, someone that's who's not got a horse in the race. I know, and this guy's got some decent, decent facial hair, and I thought... He has no right to say that to me, but no. at the same time, oh, that that means everything. So yes, okay, maybe I did maybe step up the shaving, but I, I'm 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 a guy who only shaves maybe, uh, oh, three times a month I would say, at, at max. A month? I, uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> Flipping it. 
All right, all right. Don't, <laughs> no, I'm not. just thinking. There's well, a lot of you know, a lot of men and some women would be gr- would be grateful for that kind of lightness yeah. of touch. There is, there is, there is that thing that that I always do think about because a lot of people know say, oh, you know, it's it, it, you've got to shave it, and then when you do, and you maybe shave too much, you're not happy with it. Yeah, I, I am. I am grateful for the times when I go actually clean shaven. That is probably an all right look for you, but I, I still feel as though when the whiskers set in and when it gets too long, um, there is an element of, of, of people may start to take the mick a little bit. Oh, come on. Um, How old are you? They don't take the mick out of your face now, do they? 25, and, and it does happen. You, you, you sometimes get that, oh, what's that little bit of hair on you there? Oh. And it's... Oh, Sorry, that's not the noise you want me to make, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. 13-year-old me is, uh, is, is very happy with that right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I. You know, I, I honestly, like I said before, I think it's still something. And I, I don't know if there's, a, there's other guys listening right now who have struggled to get facial hair. But honestly, I never thought I'd be jealous of something more than I'm jealous of facial hair. What you really want a big bushy beard? I don't want a big bushy beard. I just want to know that I have the capability of doing it. <laughs> you want the right to be able to grow one? Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I want to wake up one morning and go, you know what, I'm going to leave this for six weeks. But if I leave mine for six weeks, I'll be leaving it for six years. And even then, we don't know what's going to happen. Well, you do so, realise that one day you will have uncontrollable hair growth that you'll, and you'll rue the day that you wished for more because it'll be growing out your ears and all sorts. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. I've got my... I've got my, uh, my the uh, things that you chop bushes with the she is ready um, I'll, be ready for I'll be ready for that day but yeah i, I don't know I, I don't know if it's like a i don't find it a demasculating thing i just think that it's still a bit of a, a thing that since university there has always been that kind of and, and I, I hate to quote you on this cast but there has been that oh you can't grow it and uh. i'm like yeah yeah well i can't but i guess maybe i should have applied that that thing of well, in a few years' time, you're, you're going to be complaining about itching, and and I'll be there with my my smooth as a, a baby's bottom face. Exactly. So, I mean, you yeah. got just use your moisturizer, you'll be laughing. But it, it, it's a weird thing. When I was a kid, I would never have believed that young men would have been growing great big Tsar Nicholas beards, right? And and you've got like twenty somethings, people that to me, you know, are barely out of teenagers with these great big, you know, Brian Blesseds. <laughs> and they're magnificent. And suddenly oh, it becomes are. kind of, not only is it becomes normal, is that you think, well, that's quite attractive, actually. But when I was a kid, it was always old fellas that had big beards, like Mr. Twit. Yeah. It, it's, it, honestly, I find it so strange that it, it has become a fashion thing. And that's probably what bothers me the most about it, and, <laughs> and which is why I'm kind of thinking, yeah, but then I think about what I would actually do and how I would look. I've never seen myself with a beard. Unless it's like on a um, on an app, like uh, like on an app, like using a filter, and, and I relish those, those <laughs> opportunities. I always I email and Snapchat currently and said, "Please bring back the beard so I can uh, show it off." Ah, uh, sorry, I did it again. You did it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> three strikes, I'll put the phone down. It's fine, and then I'll, I'll just get a razor and ship it all off again. Hey, but listen, it's coming, it's coming through, and you know, keep on keeping on, Christian. It'll happen one day. I, I mean, know. if anyone's listening and they can, they've got any hints or tips. When I was a kid, you know, in comics, they used to suggest that you know you'd be able to find some sort of magic potion or lotion that you could rub in, and kids would often, in in the comics, you know, grow beards and stuff. Yeah, magical beard. I think the only lotion you get get at the minute is the one that makes it all fall off, and I don't really want to use that. No, on my face, hey, so and I've noticed Vite, right? <laughs> are now making Vite for men. 
Mm, yeah, no, I'm, w- I'm wondering why, whether it's any different or whether it's just, I don't know, less embarrassing for a man to buy it. Was it embarrassing in the first place? In, in, which what, what my face or, or no i'm just saying no the the v because now it's veet for men just to reassure oh, men right. that it's okay to and buy it men have been well, using yeah, it for years definitely. haven't they i i think definitely i mean i think um it, it's certainly it, it's a thing for for chests and stuff isn't it because um not not that, ever, not that i ever admit to uh watching the thing but um i know that the the cast of geordie show oh god they, yeah I know that they, they tend to. In fact, the first series of it, they were like promoting the use of Veets, saying, "Yeah, I do my chest before I go out." But this is like every night. It's like those, any little hair, similar to the ones that I've got on my chin currently, would be gone. Those guys are not living a sustainable lifestyle. Full stop. Though I would not use them as role models. No, I, I don't know what lifestyle they're living. Honestly, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's weird, but... That was the first time I saw. And, and, and I know you're from that kind of neck of the woods. But what is going oh, on yeah. in Newcastle with the eyebrows? The, with the men's eyebrows? They, they, are they going? Oh, oh no, I don't know. They're disappearing. Some of them are better plucked than a really good drag queens. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. The right, you're right. The, this is the threading. Yeah. I'm really not all famous with all of me, me metrosexual things at the minute, apart from the top of my head, but. Yeah, it, it's weird, isn't it? People are... I mean, the next thing I know that guys will be drawing them on. Oh, God, I think... Fine I think that's happening. It, I think it's happening. Oh, it's happening. Oh, I I'm, think I'm, it's... This, ha- is how, this is how behind the curve I am. No, but stay out of that <laughs> curve. You don't want to go to that okay. curve because it's a scary yeah. one. To me, it just reminds me of sort of Ming the Merciless or some sort of... It just... Yep. That's the first thing you see and it, it should be a face framer. It shouldn't be the thing drawing attention and, you know... I am from. Maybe I should be. Maybe I should be drawing on a mustache and a beard. Eh? Maybe that's, maybe that's Actually, <laughs> yes. Maybe harness the technology for good rather than evil. Maybe that's the I secret. I like the idea of a big Ming the Merciless <laughs> hanging off me. <laughs> well, when you do it, I want a picture. Actually, I, there's, a, there's a funny story. I used to work in a restaurant, um, and I'll go after this. But um, a guy once walked in with a tash on his face, which we 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 were convinced was similar to, like, Ming the Mercies. I mean, it came right down to his chin. It was almost like a, a fancy-dressed Mexican bandit thing, and we thought, oh, that's fantastic. And then he sat down. Just before he ordered his food, he takes off the fake moustache. Wow. Like, it was it was a fake in the first place. He was sat there, and he, he'd walk into this restaurant, like, completely casual, no no other gimmicks on him, like, not wearing a hat or anything. He, he just had this fake moustache on, and then... Obviously in disguise. Was it a dis- well? It, maybe it was one of those things. He had it. You pulled out a newspaper with two holes <laughs> cut into it afterwards. That was probably the big giveaway. But yeah, spot the rubbish spy. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe he had the same problem as me. Twenty-five <laughs> and, and unable. To maybe he did. Well, stay tuned, Christian, because I'm sure there's a lot of hairy men out there who've got some I'm tips ready. for you for my, for my hair growth. Dad's probably gonna, my friend's dad's probably going to phone in and just uh, mock me again. He, he probably is. I'll yeah. try to s- prevent myself from making that noise, though, Christian, because I know it's not helpful in this scenario. Do it again, then I can hang up. Oh. Gone. Hello, Susan. Good evening. Good evening, and how are you? Oh, is this, is this the lovely Catherine? It is. I'm on my own today. Where's, where's your partner in crime? My partner in crime is not feeling too clever, so he stayed off, and which is probably a good Aww. thing. Give himself a chance to recover. Exactly. Well, it's lovely to hear. It's a lovely show. Oh, thank you. It's about to get better, Susan, because you, your contributions are among my favourites at the moment. Oh, thank you. There's not many people who give me that lovely welcome. Thank you, Catherine. Um, 
Before I talk to you about something, I just wanted, I was just thinking about myself and other ladies who might be walking home in the dark. Yes. Because I actually um, work quite late and I walk up a quite a badly lit road. I don't drive, you see, so mm. I have no choice, basically. I walk up quite a darkly lit residential road and um, a couple of times... I just sort of thought, hmm, that person's walking a bit too close behind me. And the thing, a, a good tip I'd like to pass on to any ladies out there is if you feel endangered, just just very confidently take out your phone, pretend to tap in a message, a number, they won't know. Mm-hmm. And then you say quickly, hello darling, how far away are you? Ah. Oh, good. Yeah, and then you say, Oh, good. That's that's just two minutes away. I'm at such and such, you know, at the bridge of the hill or at such and such. Oh, great. See you soon then. Bye. Then you see whoever's there will be thrown off balance because I think, oh, she's got somebody arriving, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're assuming that they're all evil rapists, but actually sometimes people forget. I think, I was just going to say, I think 97%, nine, say 99% of the time, it's absolutely fine. People are just getting home like us, yeah. like you. But there's, there was once, I think, um, I, I, I was almost getting mugged because this bloke went ahead of me and I thought it was too far. It, 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 it's too, um, he wouldn't have had time to clear the hill. Mm-hmm. And I, I just happened to look over the road and he was hanging around in the dark passageway opposite Ooh. me. Yeah. So anyway, I, I did that with the phone, you know. And um, I, I thought, right, you know, I'll show you. And um, do you know what I mean, Catherine? Yeah. And I, I made a fake telephone call for my own protection and he sort of got wind of it and, it, you know, I just sort of walked back away do you know what that's great thinking because the times that weird things have happened to me i've either frozen or kind of i know plowed on i know trying to convince myself it's not happening you do because it's very worrying you know when you're on your own and the road is badly lit but it's just a tip and also another tip is to you can just walk confidently confidently up a driveway of of a house and pretend you live there yeah do you know what my mum used to always say to me to do that when i was a kid walking home from school she said if you ever feel that someone's behaving dodgy yes she said always stay on a road with windows near a house or go and knock on a door Exactly, and then if you if you have to knock on the door, and if the, the person comes to the house, I'm terribly, terribly sorry, but I think someone was following me. I do apologise for bothering you, and, and you know, but just make that contact. Just in, that's just a little bit of advice for anybody who's who's worried about walking home dark and night. You've now, just made me think I... of something. Before we go on to the next thing, and I can't wait yeah. to hear it, is I've yeah. heard loads of really nice stories recently of women sticking really? up for other women, right? Where oh, yeah. you know, imagine Absolutely. you you. St- stuck talking to some dodgepot or someone's behaving inappropriately and you're in in public yeah. women have yeah. gone up to other women and said can you just pretend you know me for a second and, really? and engage me in conversation and women have done really? that yeah and that's that's another thing oh. i would be more than up for that if someone was feeling like that come oh, on God, I'll, yeah. I'll be your best friend for five minutes if it means you'll go oh, away oh absolutely i wouldn't even think of doing anything else oh that's that's good where did you hear about that i've heard a few okay because it became a bit of a kind of um you know kind of pass it on yeah. this is the thing you can do yeah. this is another little trick we can do to oh. help each other out 
Yeah, oh, God, yeah, that'll help anybody, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Did you read about that? Yeah, I did. I, th- I think I read about it on Twitter. Okay. There were a couple of instances cool. where women had gone... Uh, I noticed cool. she was in trouble, so I went over and said, Hey, I've been waiting for you for ages. Where have you been? Oh, that's very good, Catherine. Yeah. yeah, well, we can all help each other, can't we, if we need to? For sure. Go on, what um, were you going to say, Susan, before I rudely interrupted? Well, no, you weren't rude at all. I was just going to say that I've managed to um, keep keep myself away from that man. Good. Yes, I know. Um, but today, see, Sunday I do my tulip. It was, uh, by the way, it's lovely to have heard all the calls tonight. It was really enjoyable. It's really lovely listening to all the little calls that came in, you know, from ladies and gentlemen. It was lovely. Yeah, they've been good tonight. I've been really appreciative of it because uh, the oh, worst thing God. for me is if I'm looking at a switchboard that's completely empty and I'm twiddling my thumbs. God, no, nightmare. I, I think you have a, a very lovely way with you. Have you done cancelling or anything? No, I haven't. I haven't. No. Wait. You'd be very good. You'd be very good at it. Thanks, Susan. I appreciate that. Ooh. So, go on, tell me about this um, this fellow and his well, powerful so, sexual so, attraction. Oh, I know. It's, it's awful. Sunday, I got in and um, quite late because I do three little tiny jobs and they all might up. It's like six hours and then I have to get the bus and come home. Normally, it's after ten when I come home anyway. And. Um, I, I came in along the corridor and um, he whips the door open and he's, he's, I swear, I swear he's not emotionally stable, Catherine, I swear to you. Why? What did he say? Well, I've known him for a long time on and off and, I, and I, he switches, you know. Well, he said, um, where have you been? I've been looking for you all day. I said, what do you mean you've been looking for me all day? Well, I didn't tell him I was at work. Why should I tell him things? He doesn't tell me anything. If he does, it's a lie. I don't want him to know where I've been. Do you know what I mean? None of his business, Susan. No, it's not. We're not together. If it's your partner, of course I'd tell. You know. Well, even then, I mean, he's not your keeper. Well, no, he's not. But um, he was, like, almost in a panic. I've been looking for you and waiting for you all day. Where have you been? And I said, well, actually, I don't like telling lies, but I said, my auntie's not very well. I have got an auntie who's not very well, but she's not in the area. Yeah, but he doesn't need that, does he? Well, exactly. He doesn't have to, does he? No. So, um, uh, so, he was sort of almost in a panic. I thought, Jesus, this is weird. So, anyway, I said, um... Look, I said, I don't like how you talk to me and I don't like how you treat me. And then he starts telling lies and that. And I, I just walked away. I said, look, it's every t- almost every time we meet, we can't have a civilised conversation even. You know, we have an argument. I said, we're going into an argument now. I just can't do this. And I walked away. He said, oh, that's it. Walk away. Get in there, Susan. Or rather, don't. I did. So I will get out of the way of him. And I came, I came down to my flat and... Um, I thought, you know what, he just he, he just makes me so stressed, Catherine. So anyway, I got I opened the door of my flat to come in and I found this letter. He'd written a letter. Oh, Susan, I need to take oh, a break. Can we can we get you to straddle oh, the break yes. for me? Yes, of course. With I'm your mystery darling. letter. No, don't apologize. Sorry. I'm hooked. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We'll hear the rest of Susan's letter after this. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio.
We left you on a cliffhanger, dear listener. Susan, having avoided the bounder that has been such a sexual attraction for her that she's been unable to resist him, for, even though she knows he's totally wrong for her, she managed to walk away from him today. Susan, I hear you told me only half of that story. Because well, what, when you're having this conversation, what was he wearing? What, what, what was he wearing when he had this conversation with me? Yeah, today. What was he, what, what was he wearing? Um, he was wearing, he always looks rather nice, and he was wearing uh, a sweatshirt and um, some pants and some trousers. He oh. always looks very nice. Sam he told me he had nothing nice. on. Who told you that? Sam answered the phone. Oh, he's guessing. Sam's making up his own flipping stories. No, no. Outrageous. No, I've, I've seen him naked, haven't I? Of course Many you have. Times. Of course he's you have. Very, he's got a very, very nice body. I will say that. Hairy chest? He's, yeah. And normally I don't like them. Oh. But he's he's not, he's, shall I tell you, he's dusky. He's not English. Oh, what is he? He's beautiful. He's beautiful. Is he Italian? He's, no. Go on. He's, he's, shall I tell you? Go on. He's very beautiful. He's got, you can guess, he's got very velvety dark eyes and raven hair. Oh. And beautiful, beautiful, dusky skin. Beautiful. Okay, well, you painted quite a picture. What, Egyptian? No. Mm. Asian. Asian. Oh, Mm. there's some eyes... There's some eyes on Asian oh, men that would uh, be oh, uh, befitting. And the of, ladies, I know the ladies are beautiful. The eyes, isn't it? It's the eyes, gorgeous. And this, this raven hair. Oh my god, Susan, oh, god. beware! Don't go there. No, I won't. I promise. And today I saw him, and oh, I um, and he said, "Come here." And um, he said, "Are you all right?" I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm okay." And he said, "Come here," and he took me into the hallway. It's, of the flat, shut the door, and embraced me (gasps) and started to kiss me. And I said, no, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. He said, why? I said, I just can't, I can't. And I went to the door, he said, oh, stop playing games. And I said, I'm not playing games. Mr. Having it off with ten other people, at least. Exactly, exactly. He's playing games. He's been twisted. Exactly. He is, he is, he twists everything, Catherine. So, he twists everything, he does. So Outrageous, said, so you got back to your flat, you fled back to your flat, you slammed the door shut. No, I just shut it quietly. Oh, okay. I shut it quietly, but I, this letter on Sunday, it says, Hello, darling, hope that you're okay. Can't stop thinking about us fighting, because we had this, uh, this, uh, argument last Sunday. Not yeah. the Sunday just gone. All right. Um, seems so wrong. Um, I wish you could listen to me. I'm not a complete liar. <sighs> yeah, right. He is. Just wanted to say sorry, my darling. It's all a load of rubbish, Sweet Catherine. Sweet talk, Susan. That's what exactly. it is. You know what he's after. Oh, gotcha. Well, of course he wanted that today, didn't he? That's all it was. <laughs> It's all it is, and it's cheap. It's cheap and it's nasty, and I'm not going to do it. I must not do it anymore. No. But I was very proud of myself, Catherine. So I you should said be. No, today you're worth more than that, Susan. 
Exactly. Everybody's worth more than that. Nobody should be treated like that, Catherine, should they? Nobody. No, no. woman should be treated like that. We all have to have our self-worth. Absolutely. And he's got somebody in there now because I, as I came in tonight, his bedroom light's on and he's got somebody in. And it's not his regular because she's not in the country. No. Might be that old lady. No, it's not because she's, she's not in. Oh. Well, it doesn't but matter I, anyway. Who cares who you've got in matter. there? No, Some other poor matter. sap who will learn sooner or later. And it, but do you know what? It, it's, I've got this... Because it's so bad, I've got... I don't know whether you can understand this, but I've got a morbid fascination for him. Yeah. Because I've, I've always been quite interested in psychology. I, I was um, a nurse for many years. I didn't do psychology at university or anything. But I've always been fascinated by the, the human mind and people, you know, the mindset of people. And I'm just fascinated by how he functions, you know, what makes him tick. I'm fascinated by his badness. Oh, I know exactly you what know you what mean. mean. But don't dance really? too close to that flame because you'll no. get burnt and you know it. No, I know. And you can't save I him know. and you can't change him. No, no, I can't. And I told him that. I said, you'll never change a leopard, never changes his no. spots. I said, you'll get worse and you'll be like this. Till I think because he's had three babies with three different ladies in his life and they, they all relationships dissolved. They all dissolved. Mm -hmm. They all dissolved. He's, I think he's incapable of taking care of anybody. He's yeah. not interested. He's selfish, Catherine. He sounds like a big kid, is what he sounds like. He, I, I, I think he is, you know. I can see a child in him sometimes. He had a bad relationship with his mother. Mm. Um, and I think he's got an issue with women and it goes back to his childhood. I think something, yeah. something, so, you know, something. But... Which, I, which is sad for him, but you should not be a victim of it. Him. No. Are you proud of me not going with him today? Are I, you proud of me? I can't tell you how proud I am. I, you know, and I wouldn't oh, think badly you. of you if you had buckled, because uh, this man sounds like he's a powerful sexual entity. Ooh, but. Very. But. But I. When that afterglow has subsided and you're feeling crap about oh, yourself. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's horrible. I, I've, you know, in the past I've cried. I've come back here and I've cried because I've known it was wrong. I've cried. I've been upset. Oh, I've just been uh, anxious, you know, a, a sort of anxiety attacks. It's awful, Catherine. No. But I want to keep this up and I want to keep strong. Do I'm it. glad Ian's having a night off tonight because he finds my voice a bit irritating. He finds it a bit nasally and I do apologise <sighs> about that because it's my sinus. He finds you hilarious, Susan. So ignore him. He's always um, pulling people's legs. <sighs> Well, uh, you know, he's he's very funny. He makes me laugh, but you, my voice is rather nasal. I won't go to the to the hospital because when they deal with your sinuses, they put instruments up and they start cutting the bone and everything, and then and then all the pus comes out and all the muck. Oh God, no! I, we I, don't want that. I know. I can't. I can't let them do it. I can't. I can't. I'll just have to put up with it. Oh, Susan, you do tickle me. How are you? Are you are you all right, darling? I'm all right. I'm all the better for speaking to you, Susan. You've brightened up my evening. How old are your children? They are. Alice. They are seven and oh. ten. Oh, that's a sweet age. Yeah. A little girl and boy. Both girls. I've got two girls, oh. and they're like chalk oh. and cheese, but they're brilliant. Really? Yeah. One's yeah. very one's very tall and leggy and quiet, or at least she yeah. seems it, and kind of yeah. dignified. And the other one is just a yeah. nut job. <laughs> oh, are they? Do they look alike? No, they don't. 
No, not at all. Really? One looks like me and one looks like their dad. And, the, and their dad Doctor, is yeah. quite... Um, uh, he's quite dark. He's got brown eyes, brown hair. Um, oh, whereas I'm good. kind of pasty Irishy looking. Oh, beautiful. Have you got blonde? Are you blonde? No, dark hair. Oh, pretty Irish, Irish Colleen, we've well, called them. That's exactly dark, what I am. Dark, d- dark head and blue eyes. Yes, and very and freckles. Oh, very pretty girl. Thanks, pretty Susan. Girl. Don't put turn the charm on me now. You've not got that Lothario to uh, think about. No, I just speak my mind. That's all. I'm glad you do. I'm not turning charm on, darling. But I'll I'll stay strong and I'll I'll let you know what happens if you don't mind. Please. I like to talk to you. No, it gives you're you some... my you're my little light at the end of the tunnel. You're my little beacon of hope with this. <laughs> Susan, thanks very much. Nice to speak to you. You keep uh, keep us updated because we are all gripped. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Let's hope that Susan stays ungripped. If you want to give me a shout, I'd love to hear from you. Give us a call. We've got an hour to go. Where's the time gone? Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Helen's been waiting ages. She waits no longer. Hi, Helen. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, when I rang up about 20 minutes ago, I was in tears. Oh, why? Um, because... Oh, a couple of comments on the Discord, which I sort of dip into, really affected me. And I'm I'm a bit of a strong character, a bit like you, you know, sort of. I work with what I I'm I'm a an addiction clinician, right? Um, so I deal with people every day that a bit down on their luck and this evening I just lost it a little bit because a couple of comments just floored me and my husband is telling me stop it stop being affected by it but do you know when I know what Ian feels at times. I don't know what Ian feels at times, but you know what? When a couple of little barbed comments yeah. just just sneak through. Yeah. What did What did they say? It, it, not oh, just really in in concert, Just nothing really. Right. They were just a couple of comments that just pricked and just made me feel really emotional right they landed where they wouldn't normally yeah, you, you feeling yeah they absolutely landed and i every day i'm really strong oh i, I could i can hear my husband in the other room just going oh for goodness sake get off the phone <laughs> no and he's doing it because he, he, he he's just brilliant yeah. but just, I'm okay, but just sometimes, just like Ian feels, people get through and they just barb through that wall we build up. Yeah. 
Um, let me tell you something. The yeah. People are crappy online, really crappy. And yeah, half, the, half the time, you. half the time, they would never dare say that stuff in real life. Yeah, make them feel you. they they feel so powerful with the anonymity that's offered yeah. by, by that stuff. You know, yeah. I can tell you that it's not true what they're saying. I can tell you that they're just being idiots. I can tell you that for them, it's probably flipping wine time, and they're yeah, feeling but loose. You know what? They're two of the mods, right? And it just just winds me up if they were just randoms yeah i'd like oh whatever and they just they're the mods right okay. on that particular chat forum and it's just like hang on a minute i've listened since ian and you started on talk radio and i've i used to call mm. um and then i just didn't for a while I, well not until now yeah. and uh, it just tonight it just floored me I've had a bit of a difficult week because there's been some really difficult cases I've dealt with yeah. and I've also um, my husband's an identical twin and his his brother is bipolar and he's had a really big setback. So I'm dealing with that. Yeah. I'm dealing with my job. And I'm dealing with just staying afloat as yeah. a strong person. Yeah. And and that's really hard at times. And I'm a really good person. But you know what? When these people just want to fire in and just say, but do you know what? To actually counteract that, I've had some really, really nice comments from some of the people that say, yeah, Helen, you're absolutely spot on. You're a nice person and you're great. Yeah. So you know what? That, that's gotta, that's gotta, you know, keep me going. But I know you get it. I do. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't, I, I don't care. Most of the yeah. time, it. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Most of the time, it lands a bit, and I have to talk myself out of getting upset yeah. about it because they don't and know me. You know what? That barb. Yeah. Occasionally, it just sticks. You know why? Because you're a reasonable person <laughs> who is willing to believe that maybe you're not perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and it just sticks in that little barb. And you know what? When you got to pull it out, you got to go. Ooh. That hurts a little bit. What you need to but. do though is to balance it so that you believe the nice stuff as much as you believe the yeah. nasty stuff. Do you know what I mean? The nasty I, stuff always yeah. lands harder. Yeah, yeah. I um I'm 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 a really, really reasoned good girl. But sometimes it just penetrates and just does my head in. Yeah. Do you know what? I think your your husband's probably right about letting it go. Letting it go. Yeah. Don't go back on he's there tonight. In, he's in there, and he is just. I can. I, I. Well, I can't see through the wall. He doesn't listen. He listens to you. He doesn't listen to Ian. I don't get why he doesn't. I listen to Ian all the time. My husband. Oh, that that often quirks. happens, Helen. We we we've got our quirks. We, we yeah. He doesn't he doesn't get Ian. He yeah. gets you, but he doesn't get. So his tonight him listening. It, it's win win, right? And he's also all he's in there. All 
you know, facepalm his wife. Yeah. But you know where that down, but, but you know where that you. comes from, don't you? <laughs> it's because he cares about you. It's because he cares about you and he loves me. I know Exactly. And he's fed up with these dickheads getting to you because it's they they mean nothing. And and they won't be thinking about it because they don't know you. Then they're talking to they might as well be talking to a cartoon <laughs> character because that's all you are to them. Yeah, you're a caricature you know of yourself. You and me, we got strong men to go back to. <laughs> God, you thank, know it. Thank goodness, you know it. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna end on that. Thanks, Helen. You take care of yourself and sod those yeah, losers. Thank you. thank you, darling. <laughs> bye, bye. Flipping it. I mean, it does. If you if you're not there's a thing on um online at the moment and I I kind of retweeted it earlier on with the kind of no SH1T Sherlock because it was it was suggesting that social media and stuff can be a depressant. Yeah, it can. Yeah, it can. And there's some right tossers out there as well who'll smell blood, right? And if they think that you're vulnerable, it becomes playground rules. So, yeah, guys, well done. Well done. Let's have a quick word with Ollie. Hey, Ollie. Hey, Kath. What's going on? Um, well, I was going to call in about that, uh, uh, pavement space thing. Yeah. And I was going to call in about something else, but I don't know if it's too much information. <laughs> well, hang on a minute. You know this show, right? And you know it's after midnight, so this is yeah. completely the right time for giving me too much information if well, you feel comfortable with it. I was just reviewing it in my head and I just thought maybe it's a bit too gross and silly, but I've been kind of, um... I was a bit down yesterday yeah. and anxious because my wife found the biggest giant patch of dandruff on my head I've ever seen. Oh. And they were, I don't know how dandruff gets that big. I know. I know exactly what you mean. The human body is a disgusting place. <laughs> and, uh, but, and we grow all kinds of stuff and don't see it happening. Oh, my God. And it's just... I, I, it, I don't know... But what should it be disgusting? It's just, it's just apparently it's just dead skin, isn't it? Of course it is. Skin. Of course it is. So, so where where was where was it? Right in the middle. Oh, it just it was like right on top of my head. Right. Well, do you know and what? She had to like drag it out slowly which, through my follicles, which I bet she secretly kind of loved because <laughs> it's so disgusting. I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know you, Ollie, and obviously we would need to develop some kind. At least buy me a drink. But you, I would love to. Do that. I'm a big spot squeezer. You know, my mum was terrible though. She used to pick our feet. Oh. I mean, I don't really? go that far, but you know, if someone's back's peeling on holiday, I'm more than happy to help them out with that. I'm a bit like that as well. Like the scab, I just need to peel it. So now I've just been peeling bits of dandruff off my head. Right. And I can't stop. So what? I need to stop. So what we need to do now is, yeah, you need to stop before you make it bleed. Yeah. Because you'll end up with a scab then, and then you won't be able to keep your hands off it. Have you thought about using, apparently, uh, this is for cradle cap, but it's pretty much the same thing, right? If you've got a big, like, big clump of it. Olive oil. Yeah. Oh, really? really? Mm. That's what I was going to ask for, like... Um, remedies. Yeah, mummy's remedies. Olive oil. And massage it in, and it'll scared. kind of... What are, you, what are you scared of? Have you been pulling it out? Yeah, but if my hair gets oily. I thought it happens because it's oily. Was it too dry? Maybe it's too dry, think, yeah. I don't know. There's all kinds of theories about dandruff, aren't there? Mm. Whether it's too oily or too dry, but it, yeah. it needs it needs to come out of there. I'll do it, I'll do it on the weekend. Yeah, but it's, it's actually a very nice hair treatment, um, olive oil, but do it on have a... Have tried it? Yes. Of course I've, I've put beer in my hair, yeah. put egg in my hair. I've done all that <laughs> stuff. 
I was a child of the 1980s. We had a lot of magazines offering us um, top tips to get shiny hair. Turns out, just wash it. Just wash it and eat properly. But yeah, mayonnaise was one. Uh, egg. Beer. I tried that one. I even did that thing, and this is not hair, but I did that thing where you put your new jeans on and sit in the bath. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I put in. They don't write those articles anymore, do they? Because people haven't got time for that nonsense. Yeah. Well, in the on the pavement thing. Yeah, go on. I've had I've had it with like out like people. I think men just try to be like alpha males. Yeah. They like read all these things about oh, what makes you an alpha male? Well, I went down the street. Once Can I just say, I by the way, I find alpha males or people who identify as alpha males to a man normally divs. Yeah. Because a man who is powerful and secure in himself doesn't need to tell everyone what category he is. No, no. Then, yeah, they're just asses. I'm trying to limit my um, No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. So, yeah, go on. So you've, you've felt, what, threatened walking down the street? Well, that just, this, there was this argument down the road. I look at it, it was, you get out of my way, get out of my way. No, you get out of my way. It's like that. And then they, he goes, yeah, you better go. And then I was walking down, I was walking down the street, and then he looks at me and goes, yeah, you're going to move as well, aren't you? Oh, my God. What's and wrong I, with this guy? I, I just, like, I just, like, so taken aback, I just, like, stepped backwards. And then I just looked at him walking down the street, and he was just, like, throwing his arms really widely, <laughs> strutting. He was doing, like, a weird strut, <laughs> like he owned the pavement. Like a gorilla. Yeah. What an and idiot. Just, yeah, you just get that all the time with men. You I see, don't see a woman do that. <laughs> no, I, I haven't, but I remain, to, you know, I remain to be convinced. I'm sure there is some woman out there that would perform uh, in such a manner. But I just, this is where, those moments are where my face gives me away. And you've heard me get told off of my face before, right? Because apparently I, I, I've got an impudent face and sometimes I look, I've been told, my auntie used to tell me off for laughing at her. My mouth was not moving. Apparently I've got laughing eyes, right? I continually look like I'm being sarcastic or taking the piss out of people in my mind. Sometimes I'm not. But in that situation, I wouldn't be able to help myself. It would be written all over my face. Oh, yeah, but that I would have got punched for that. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> I probably would have got sworn at, which would have made me worse. Because <laughs> it's just, it's the, it's the anarchy of it. It's like, wow, you've lost it. Yeah. You're out of control the... and you're behaving even more ridiculously than you realise. Yeah, it was it was really funny just seeing him do this weird strut. <laughs> like he was the king of the town. The of the <laughs> well done, you've won the pavement. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but just men like just like to push you, or just like to muscle in and just show you yeah, omni alpha. Yeah, but that doesn't come like, from yeah. someone who's happy, does it? That no. comes from someone who's probably been pushed around himself. Although, again, yeah, no. like I was saying to Susan, other people's, you know, I, I like to be able to understand why people behave in a certain way. That doesn't mean I've got to tolerate their behaviour. And after a while, it stops being funny, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I can just imagine what. Like his family or friends are. <laughs> no, can you yeah. They either think he's hilarious. Maybe he was having yeah. a bad day. Maybe was he a sm- yeah. was he a small man? He was very large. He was massive he man. Take, he could take up quite a bit of pavement. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done him. Everyone's got to have a dream, and he was achieving his that yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. The human bollard. Yeah. Um, Roger has sent me a message. Ha, 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 ha. Ollie doing his tough Cockney voice has made my night. I, I think you sounded very convincing. 
No, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't subscribe to the alphaness or the manliness. My dad is very, yeah, I'm a, I'm a lad's lad, you know. And so I'm, I think I'm kind of disappointed in a way because I'm just like, no, I'm okay. No, <laughs> but do you know what? You're probably more secure. You don't have to demonstrate it all the time. Yeah. It's like flipping, yeah. you might as well get their willies out. There's probably it's a reason like, why they don't. I think it has something to do with weird walk, though, because I remember, like, seeing him at uh, my sister's wedding doing this weird walk, like, shaking people's hands like he was, like, the, like a gangster from, uh, like, <laughs> Like Ray Winston. <laughs> and I was not, I've never seen him like that, but because there was a crowd of people. It was swagger. It was, like, so weird. <laughs> I was watching Grease the other day, right? And I remember, I mean, first of all, my kids loved it. Although I think, like me, they were probably watching it on a level that you don't watch again once you grow up. You go, wow, that's wrong. Oh, God, that's quite rude. Wow, what did he just say? <laughs> Kids just love the singing and dancing. Yeah. And I did try and sort of pull my my uh, eldest aside and go, you do realise this message is totally wrong. You do not have to dress like that and start smoking to get someone's <laughs> oh, attention. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I I said, and also, do you realise she was sewn into those trousers? How is she going to go to the toilet? Um, <laughs> she went, I don't care, she looks cool, which was probably my response back in the day. Yeah. But he yeah. walked like he had something stuck up his jacksie. And I remember back in the 19, late 80s, early 90s, when I was kind of a teenager and became aware of how boys were walking, there was yeah. a thing for them walking like that. Yeah, the power walk. Well, like the... the they need the power walk. The Tony, what's he called? Um, what was he called in Night Fever? That, that strut. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and then people started doing the Manchester monkey walk because of Oasis. But it's all kind oh, yeah. of... It's all... Um, aping, isn't it? Literally, it's aping. Yeah, someone that they think is kind of cool or more masculine than they are. I wonder if it is like animal. But I don't know. I just don't think it. Like, but uh, you hear all these things about like pack animals and there's an alpha and whatever. And I heard that de- debunked quite a lot. But I just wonder if it there did something very animalistic about all of this. Like, yeah. it's all display. Bigger displaying, isn't it? Yeah. If we had bright red bums, that would be another thing. Yeah. In fact, it started to happen. I saw a girl the other day, and you know, I think women are wonderful and all, your body, your choice, and all that. But she'd yeah. got one of those extra bums, like you have uh, an enhanced oh, yeah. one. And I, I remember when like boob jobs first started to happen, and they were quite obvious. And now you can get a boob job where you can't tell, and that's the look that people tend to go for rather than those sort of crazy Pam Randerson bolt-ons that people are going for. Mm. But the bums, they need to refine that technology because her bum was, uh, that was extraordinary. It looked like one of those plastic ones you get from the joke shop. Yeah, well, I, I saw it in the window. They said, like, 80 quid to get a Brazilian bum thing. Is that all? And I was like, that seems... It's £40 a cheek. To, uh, yeah, that seems really cheap to get a procedure <laughs> on. It does. Yeah. And is it permanent? I don't know. Maybe it's like that thing they inject you with. Like maybe your body absorbs it after all. God, I don't know. I think it's a bad idea putting anything in there that shouldn't be in there. Do you know what I mean? Well, apart from... Yeah, it's probably better to try and accept your body, isn't it? Yeah, I'll just eat more cake. (laughs) (laughs) But then you don't get exactly the right shape. I mean, the shape is extraordinary. And, you know, all power to them and all that. But... uh, it was the first time I'd seen one in, in real life, and it, there's a difference between seeing them on a Kardashian on TV and seeing it in real life. You oh. go, wow, that is uh, that is quite some work there. Well done. Well, there's so many people in the world. You're going to have extreme bodies, aren't you? Yeah. Like- but we're going to start getting used to it. Like I was saying to Christian earlier on, who would have thought that beards on young men would become a thing? 
but yeah, now I, I, I find myself assessing them. Yeah, I was a bit like that when I was young, but now I'm just like, no, thanks. No. Well, you were beardy, or you could in the beard. Oh, you couldn't grow it. <laughs> no, I got. I yeah, I was just I was like, yeah, I have to be have to have the beard to reach manhood. There but, it is again. There it is yeah. again. The outward display. Yeah. yeah. But, Ollie, yeah. let me tell you, you're all man. You've got no nothing to prove. Mm. But Roger is going to rip me to shreds when you get off this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was nice speaking to you. Thank you. Take care. Yeah. Bye bye. Night, night, night. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Let's have a quick break, and then we've got Deborah and Carol, and maybe you. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. Really interesting tweet from Graham. Thanks for this, Graham. Who says, uh, when I used to work in security at an airport, I often met with guys from Special Branch. And they had that proper tough aura when they, uh, and they were lovely guys, but there was a confidence in their eyes where they could drop you without thinking twice. And here's the thing. I've got a mate who used to be in the SAS. And when I first met him, I couldn't believe it because he seemed like such a nice bloke. He's not a... He's not a, a Ross Kemp type, massive, obvious soldier looking bloke. He's kind of smallish, fit, kind of wiry. You know, he can, like you, Sam, he sort of looks athletic. you kind of fleece and shorts and flip flops kind of bloke. But he's properly, like a proper hard man. He's, yeah, you know, so, and I think that it's the fact that he's so self assured, he's got nothing to prove. You would, you'd walk straight past him and not think of it. I think at one point he was talking about running a karaoke uh, business. Now he's out. I just think I pity the fool that crosses him. Because <laughs> he's going to get absolutely flattened. Let's have a quick word with Deborah. Hey, Deborah. Hello, Deborah. Hello. You're on. I'm sorry you've <laughs> right. been waiting so long. It's been That's nuts. quite fine. I, I, I so love Susan. Oh, she's brilliant, isn't she? Isn't she just? And I don't. I don't want her going anywhere near him. No, he's horrible. He's horrible. But he, he must have some kind of power. This man has got magnet. I'm imagining like Omar Sharif. Well, I think we should all go round to her house, and when he knocks on her door, we'll all be there lined up. <laughs> Susan says no. <laughs> God, he'd be terrified, wouldn't he? But you know what? You know, forgive me for this, Susan, if you're still listening. But for the first few calls, I, it took me a while to work out whether Susan was real or not because I thought she was just a really clever character because she well, just tickles me so much. But I think she's real. When she, when, when she said, I'll t- I tell you what, I, d- I was um, supposed to do an eight-hour duty last week and I ended up doing the 16-hour duty, came in, had a shower, sat on the edge of the bed and she came on with foo-foo <laughs> and I was on the floor. A picture of my foo-foo. On the floor. He's got a picture of my foo-foo. And I thought, this isn't real. There's no way this is real. No, but she, but she, she is. absolutely amazing. I just want to wrap her up and love her and say, you are worth so much more than that. She totally is. And, but also part of me, I don't want to film that because I'm hoping that that's not going to happen. But I would love to, I would love to see this thing playing out because she's unintentionally hilarious, is Susan. She yes, doesn't realise the power of, no, I mean, it's the delivery, it's the voice, it, the words. Yeah. He's got a picture of my sister. <laughs> Dirty get. Honest, honestly, I was on the floor. That was absolutely the best radio I've heard. In the last five years. And, he, and Ian isn't ill, he's in Australia. <laughs> no, he really isn't. Not this time. Oh, not really? Not this time, yeah, he's not well. But I'm, hope, oh. I'm hoping he's asleep by now, because he, he needs to 
give himself a break, poor lad. Yeah. So, yeah, Deborah, all... what, do you, what do you do? Because you said you had a 16-hour duty. I'm a psychiatric nurse. Boom. Oh, there uh, we go. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. My word. If there's someone who needed a laugh and needed a, a Susan injection, it was you. Yeah. She was absolutely... I thought, oh, God bless her. Honestly, I cannot thank you enough. Because <laughs> at the end of that duty, to hear something like that... I, there is life at the end of the tunnel and it just sort of levels out. Good. Good. So yeah. do they take care of you, Deborah? You're doing all the looking after and obviously it's uh, it's that's proper and I don't do a proper job. That's a proper job and it's hard. So is there like a is there an, a valve, a release valve? It's not no, 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 there is you you you're encouraged to talk to each other, but um depending on what unit you're working on Yes, it is very, very difficult. It's very, very challenging. Yeah. Um, my children, well, they're not children anymore. My son's 40 right. and my daughter's 33. And they will tell you about Christmas dinner with schizophrenics. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. God. You know, that that's what you have to do because uh, I, I can't say, I shouldn't say too much because I'm fishing the national health and they're not... Um, the money's not there, the funding's yeah. not there, yeah. and I'm getting really, really political now, aren't I? No, you're not at all. I don't think it's news to anyone. You know, it's not news to anyone, certainly not in this programme, that there's not the support there that there was, and there wasn't enough before. No, no, and it, it's sadly, sadly failing, really, really failing, but, um, oh, Susan, God love her. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And do you know what? This is the thing about this job is that all we can do is kind of set the stall out and and, and, and who comes along is who comes along. We don't know what we're mm. going to get. And Susan is just a cat. When I first heard Susan, I heard her talking to someone else. I think it was James Whale. And um, in this oh. job, when I hear a plum caller like that, and I'm, I mean plum as in prize, not as in what a plum, um, I was jealous. I thought, oh, I want Susan for our show. What we could do with Susan be brilliant. And then she arrived. You got love her. It made my night because I've been saying to Ian, "There's this amazing caller on James Whale. What can we do to get her?" And she was so good. Oh my goodness! And she just, uh, yeah. just the way my she foo -foo. talks. But her poor foo foo. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she's so proud of herself, and so she bloody should be. Yes, yeah, she should be. It sounds awful, but devilishly well, attractive. I want to leave notes in her electric box. <laughs> Right, notes in the electric box has become a thing as well. I've had a text message tonight from a friend of mine who says, I'm trying to stay away from the electric box. <laughs> it's become it's become a way of a euphemism for resisting temptation. Yeah. Stay away from the electric box. Oh, she's so good. Uh, have, have you popped a note in? No, well, you're not in then tonight. <laughs> but, if, I wish I knew where this bloody electric box was. It seems like that's yeah, where all the action happens. I would hunt it down, trust me. She never told us what was in the letter. Oh, she did. She did tell us what was in the letter, didn't she, in the end tonight? Yes. Oh, God, love her, yeah. Sweet, yeah. sweet nothings. God. Oh, bless her. Oh, God, love her. I don't want her to be my friend. Well, careful what you wish for, Deborah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, Ian's in Australia, Cass. You reckon? Me. You're going to place your bet? Yeah. Yes. I would like to say that I would tell you if that were true, but you know I won't, so... But but, no. but I'm I'm going to say, and it's true, and you can believe me or not believe me, but he's not in Australia. I don't think he wants anything to do with this lot of this round of I'm a celebrity. It's kind of brought a lot well, of bad 
Well, no, I don't think either. I, I, I don't. Um, um, they're not really very good, are they? This lot that's going in. But that's what they said last year. And you're warm to someone in it. You're warm to someone in it. And I know um, Emily Atax, mum a bit. Kate Robbins. You know the Kate Robbins. She's fantastic. Well, absolutely fantastic. Emily's yeah. like a mother. I think she's going to be. I think she's the kind of. She'll she'll win it. There's my bet. In fact, if I was a betting woman, I'd put a bet on her because oh, she's right. kind of tough plus. Do you know what I mean? Toph was kind yeah. of funny in a ditzy way. Emily's smart and clever as well as, you know, kind of adorable. So I think she's the one Sassy. that's going to do it. Yeah, she's yeah. great. And she's yeah. got, yeah. she could do voices like her mum as well. She's brilliant. Oh, really? Yeah. Have a look on Twitter. She did a few. I wonder if I can retweet one. Yeah, she, do, she does impressions. She's great. Oh, I know um, Kate did one on, um, oh, uh, the one who does How Clean Is Your House. Yeah, she did. She did Kim Woodburn. Yes, that's the one, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, really, really good. Really, really funny, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Good. Anyway, nice to hear from you, Deborah. Yeah, send in my love. Yeah, and join us next week for another thrilling instalment of Susan and the Electric Box. Oh, God love her. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bye, Deborah. Nice to talk to you, Kath. Bye. <laughs> bye, bye. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Do you want to do a break? Should we do a break? Let's have a break and then we'll talk to Carol. The late night lip service for lovers, loners, and lounge lizards. It, well, where, where exactly is your accent from? The late night alternative with Ian Lee. Oh, I've forgotten your name already. Excuse me. On Talk Radio. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Got less than half an hour left. Uh, Susan says, "Please tell Deborah I love her too. I love everyone." Says Susan. She loves everyone except that flipping neighbour. His loving days are over. Hey, Carol. Carol. Hello. Hello, you're on. Me again. How are you? I know. I'm good, actually. Not too bad. I'm getting delays. Ge- um, I've been reading my angel cards. Oh, have you? It says delay. Delay of so, what? Oh, everything. Oh, does that just like, mean life's on hold? Well, kind of. It's like I can't move forward with anything because there's always a, a snag that I've got to find something and add it into a letter or things, silly things like that. Right. So I'm trying to tidy up, but I'm making a worse mess. <laughs> isn't, that that just ca- when you isn't that just called life? Up. I think so. Life happens yeah. while you're trying to unpick other bits of life. Life happens while you're making other plans. plans. Yeah, that's the one. It does. Well, I want. I ran to talk about pavements and men. Go on. I know totally what you mean by the you dodging out of the way, mm. but I don't do that anymore because I decide when I needed walking sticks, I used them as a weapon <laughs> right and if there's somebody else a male coming towards me i just keep going and um shout excuse me yeah <laughs> make him move out of the way or the other thing for other ladies you what you need to carry is the stale baguette <laughs> well all the time well, it's you never know. Keep one in the back of your car because it's always handy. Keep it in the wrapper, and it's and it's a very good substitute for a baseball bat. Oh my God. But you can't be arrested for carrying a stale baguette. <laughs> they can't do but, you for it. 
No, it's, it's not an offensive weapon. No. But sometimes people need a prod with it. Yeah. So you kind of use it like a cattle prod and push them out of the way. So I'm imagining, because I had a bit of a, a thing, a, a moment today where I thought I might have to get out of the car. I was in traffic and the car in front of me started rolling backwards and he rolled back so slowly. I don't know whether he did touch my car, but I had to bib him. Because he obviously had his foot on the brake, oh. but not not hard enough. And he was just really slow. And he did it twice. And at one point, his mate got out of the other side just to check whether he'd hit me or not. He didn't say sorry or anything. He was just checking whether he'd touched me or not. And he was like, oh, that's not the point. I'm trying to stop you from hitting me. And I was thinking, should yeah. I get out and check as well? Because for all I know, he might have. And if I'd have had that stale baguette, I would have felt so much more powerful. You could have clung to him. You could have. He certainly would have thought twice yeah, about messing with me. Mate. Exactly. 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 That's what you need, the stale baguette. Right. I'll put that on my um, shopping list for tomorrow. Yeah. Well, you know the big long ones? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're not if playing games. If you've got any leftover ones, leave it in the back of your car for a couple of weeks and then what it's a... What I'm thinking like is... Big we, stick. We can combine, right? I get a stale baguette and I'll also get a bloomer because that would be like a brick if I let it go stale. So I can, get well, exactly. him, I can take him out with the baguette first and then finish him off with the bloomer. Yeah, just <laughs> batter him about a bit. But I know what you mean about the alpha male. I'll tell you quickly a little incident that happened to me at Gatwick. Go on. What really irritates me is if I'm not very well and I'm in a wheelchair, people barge in front of me to get in a lift. Yeah. And it's so annoying. And this guy, I'm at Gatwick Airport, trying to get in a lift go down to another floor I'm in the wrong place usually at the wrong time and this guy walks straight across in front of me and kind of pushed me out the way almost anyway he had the earphones on and and the phone yapping on the phone and the earplugs in and so I yanked the, the wire of the earphone out of his ear <gasps> And I said, excuse me, you, I was, I'm need to get in the lift. And um, I ra- accidentally ran over his foot. Oh, Carol, how, how, how careless. Careless. Exactly. That's what I thought. Oh, dear. I've accidentally run over your foot. Never hey, mind. He's looking, you, you weren't packing any meal, bread. Yeah. <laughs> I got I a whack as well. It's, it, do you know but, what? I did notice that when I had little kids and I was pushing prams and things, all yeah, of a sudden you become like the lorry of the pavement. Everyone has to get round you and get faster than you, even though you're doing your best, you know. Yeah, you you know, and you've, especially when you've got one walking and one in the buggy, yeah. it's a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. And you're trying to stop people barging into your child and hanging on to them, making sure they don't fall into the road and trying to steer a buggy and and people are just like push straight in front of you and and block so you can't see where you go in see my mum always taught me she said if they're pushing a push chair they win uh, for yes, being a little girl it was always let them through always let them through and i, I wonder whether i wonder how much of this and i don't know because i've not got brothers how much of this is your upbringing you know little girls in particular are kind of brought up to be um, good and kind and thoughtful and not to get in anyone's way. And so, yeah. like this talk of taking up the pavement, I don't move out of the way on purpose. I don't feel less than anybody else. I do it out of habit. And it was only reading this article that made me go, ah, 
I didn't realise it was only me this happened to because sometimes I do feel like I'm invisible because I'll be walking next to, for example, Ian. People give him a wide berth, probably because he's tall and he's a big fella. But I'll get jostled. Like I don't, you know, like I'm not there. And I wonder how much of that is is the way I carry myself. I don't think I do walk like someone who's scared of walking down the street. And how much of it is this thing of, you know, they're at the top of the the privilege tree and so they don't think about moving out of the way. I always move out of way, the way for people. Maybe I yeah, need to well, take a bit I'm, more control. Well, get the baguettes going. I, oh, yeah. I use my sticks. Excuse I'll get the baguettes me, and I'll put them out like, uh, like uh, aeroplane wings. It won't mess with me. Definitely. Exactly. Well, you just kind of, Get your little bag and have it sticking out, and then it's like whipping a gun out of a holster. Well, you give me all the tips, Carol. Thanks for that. I know. Well, we have to do. You see, I I'm coming over to see you on Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Um, if Ian said I could come on the guest list, right? I'll make sure that you're on there. Perfect. Right. Thank you, Carol. I'll see you on no Saturday. Worries. Yeah. Bring the baguettes. Uh, well, I'm never going to be without a baguette. People will question it, but then they will see that there is a method in my madness as soon as it kicks off. Well, you see... Uh, like nunchucks. You could be like the French who get one every day. Yeah, but I need to have the same one it. for about two weeks, don't I, for it to be an effective weapon? Well, exactly. But you could do with a backup one in case you give somebody a really good swack yeah. and it snaps in half. Too right. So, Too right. You know, but it's... it's um, I also know all, I know all sorts of brilliant facts, but I'll keep them for Saturday. Like oh, how oh, how oh. to avoid you how to go on a riot without getting arrested. I mean, that um, sounds like excellent uh, excellent uh, knowledge to well, have you in my back know. pocket. Well, you never know. Well, you never know. I kind of do, but you, but you're right. You, things you, might crop up. Yeah. But the baguette, it just kind of came to me. Because I was walking along with one in my hand, because you can't ever get them in a bag, can you, without breaking them in half? And I got jostled out of the way, and I, I just went to grab it and poke somebody. And I thought that'd be better if that was if that was stale. That'd be awesome. So I left it in the car for two weeks. It was only ten pence anyway. I thought, what a bargain! It was reduced price, so it's half stale anyway. Carol, uh, you're you're a fount of knowledge. I appreciate your call. (laughs) I'll see you this weekend. Do you take care of yourself? Yeah, I will. I'm looking forward to it. All right, no, no, be nice to meet you. Yeah, it'd be nice to put a face to the voice. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to give me a ring, got Sandy, and then maybe you. Go on, give us a call. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Still time for you to get your call in if you fancy. It's 0344 499 1000 if you want to give us a ring. I'm going to speak to Sandy in just a second, but thanks to Lou for this. Um, You know, earlier on we were talking about how sometimes in a situation where, I don't know, people are going on tinder dates and stuff where they're meeting people in public places that they don't know and every now and again you'll get a dodge pot and um i i was talking earlier on about how sometimes um 
I'd seen these stories of women who'd felt threatened or felt like, you know, someone was being overly handsy or whatever and on one of these dates or just out in public had gone over to another woman and pretended that they knew her just to get away from him and that kind of tended to be enough or someone who'd spotted this going on and gone over to the woman who was having trouble with some creep and said oh i've been waiting for you for ages where have you been and that kind of just uh, allows the guy to know that this woman is not on her own and he can't carry on like a pig anyway so lou sent me this uh, thing through from the 2nd of November t- 2016 and I remembered something about this and I think there are sort of various schemes of this nature going on uh, up and down the country but um, this is one from Lincolnshire um, and this is from the BBC website back as I say back in uh, 2016 about a simple code word campaign for people feeling unsafe on a date has got global attention since a picture of a poster dotted around bars in Lincolnshire England emerged on Twitter it encourages people to discreetly ask for help by going to the bar and asking for Angela a phrase aimed at alerting bar staff to the cry for help so they can help defuse the situation uh, the poster also includes a phone number for Lincolnshire rape crisis for anyone who needs to talk I mean god it's sad that that needs to happen, but it does. One of the posters was tweeted by IZ and has since gone viral and retweeted more than 28,000 times. It's the work of Lincolnshire County Council and has even caught the attention of Hollywood. Hayley Child, who came up with the campaign, was amazed when the poster got Aston Kutcher's approval. Um, Hayley, who works as the Sexual Violence and Abuse Strategy Coordinator for Lincolnshire, says Angela was a play on the word angel a guardian angel the posters are up in male and female toilets and provide reassurance that there is support available if needed many people have expressed their support for the idea and called for it to be rolled out nationwide isn't that brilliant isn't that brilliant the thing is though and this is from 2016 that you know it wouldn't the code word would need to vary you know it would need to be given out subtly because word would get around but i suppose even so maybe Guys don't realise they're being creepy, and if they hear that they're being uh, that they're the cause for someone to go and ask for Angela, then isn't it sad that we have to carry on like that? There you go. At least there's some sort of recourse. But uh, I, I did kind of I was always touched by those stories of women sticking up for other women, and the fact that you know that idea that my mum had back when I was about sort of twelve, thirteen, and walking home from school, and you know if you felt threatened, go and knock on the nearest door. Is kind of been been brought up to date. Of, um, go and find another woman and make out you know each other. I think most of us would, would go along with it, wouldn't we? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. if you want to give me a ring, but time is ticking away. We better speak to Sandy. Hey, Sandy. Hey, how's it going? I'm all right, thanks. Nice to hear your voice. What's going on with you? Oh, well, you had a... You had a post on Twitter. I snuck onto social media today to say little victories... Oh, yeah. ...and big boasts. The big boast is I'm two weeks not smoking. That's a big deal. Amazing. Me. Well done. Um, I still can't smell, though. Right. I'm, I'm waiting I'm waiting for the smell to kick in. Right. It might take a while, but you will. And <laughs> the thing is, you will smell gorgeous to everyone else. Do you know, I think the two reasons I will never smoke again is uh, I have saved just over £200 in two... Uh, in what in a month? God. And now that I don't smoke, I can smell other people. Yeah. I can smell their smoke, and it's honestly, I I never want to I never want to smell like that to anybody else. I know, isn't it crazy? I I smoked for a while in my sort of early twenties, early to mid twenties, and it kind of sneaked up on me. I was one of those kind of weekend smokers. I would have it with a beer. I'd never take them home because my parents would go spare. And in fact, part of me hopes my dad never finds out, even though I'm like 41, for God's sake. Um, 
but I used to smoke at work and come back in and think, you know, carrying on as happy as Larry. And then when you stop, you suddenly become, like you say, super aware of how strong that smell is. I mean, I don't hugely dislike it when it's happening, but stale smoke is quite a thing, isn't it? Stale smoke is, I mean, I, the one thing I've never done in, in, I mean, I'm 42, I've never smoked inside. No, we used to. Um, we used to smoke on the back stairs at work. So imagine all those poor sods who were working in the office when we all came back in from our smoke break, where, by the way, you heard the best gossip, and that is part of it I do miss. Um, the door would open. It'd be like flipping dry ice concert. It'd be like Duran Duran concert, 1984. You know, all of a sudden, there's this awful smell, and we walk in like we're coming back from, uh, you know, stars in their eyes or something. It's flipping awful. But you don't realise you're doing it at the time. You don't realise it's so bloody obvious, and it's it's horrible. I, I I still like the smell of cigarettes, though. Yeah, that's the weird thing. I like I like the smoky smell. Yeah, but you don't want to smell of it. I don't want to smell of it. No. The other little thing that I wanted to say is I is I just hooked into your call when someone was phoning about a social media yeah troll yeah and it getting to them. Don't let that happen. I've one of my small things is I want to give up social media. It's it's the most destructive thing on earth, especially when you get involved in groups and things like that, because you feel like you know people, mm-hmm. but you but you just don't know them. Um, so whoever, if if Helen is listening now, I made a comment. I posted my picture online. I'm now sitting. There's photos of me all online on on death death meme sites with guns in my hands. What? <laughs> what? What? How, how did that escalate? Um, there is a politician in South Africa that does uh, YouTube videos every now and again. Right. Um, and he opened up a Discord channel so that people could talk about it. The Discord's kind of a gaming channel. I didn't know what it was. No. So we were talking about everybody and they were going, what do you look like? And, you know, I just said, well, there's a picture of me. Um, and I made a comment one day that, I mean, it's, it's thought, it, I never knew, I mean, Cass, the things that I found out from Discord is I found out about furries. I never knew what a furry was until three months ago. Yeah, now you'll never look at Disneyland the same again. No, I, I, <laughs> honestly, I, I just, I can't even talk about furries. But I'm, I, I just said to them, look, I'm old enough to be your mother. You're all talking a pile of site and I'm and I'm not interested and the next thing I know there are memes of me coming all over the site yeah. and I said stop this and the more you actually let them know they've struck your Achilles heel yeah of course the it's like school they will fight you mm-hmm. so I, I I said to this guy I said you're a politician this is going on on your like I mean you're a counselor a politician this is going on your discord I want it I want it taken off and he did nothing about it, and eventually some guy sent me um, a picture of me. It's on a site called Nine Gag, and there, I, it's, I, there's a picture of me, I, and I'm laughing wildly, but someone superimposed a gun in my hand. My God! <sighs> I know, it's, but, but that's what happens when you say, I mean, I just said, my name's Sandy, and they go, Sandy who? I said, oh, Sandy and my surname. Mm. Uh, people look me up. They find out where I worked. It's, I mean, people. I, I don't know. People have got way too much time on their hands. Yeah, and Discord. Um, I, I'm really surprised that um, at the sort of age range on Discord because I kind of would have assumed that it would be like teenage are boys. You, are you on Discord? No, but I've heard enough about it that I don't want to go on it. Yeah, don't go on it. It's like you know, tw- Twitter or Twitch, but even more flipping lawless from what I can make out. 
It's just, I, it's, I don't think it's a real, I think it's a sad reflection of society. And I think it's an unreal reflection of society. Right. Um, for me, it, it's, it made me very depressed. I stopped doing things like painting. I stopped watching TV because I was incessantly involved on Discord, this, right. this, this. And in the past two weeks, I thought, what the hell am I going to do? So I thought, I'm going to go out. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look at Twitter during my lunch break. And I'm going to do this. Now I'm knitting. Oh, my God. I'm actually knitting like a grand. I come home. I paint. Don't. I'm a I'm... secret knitter. In fact, I used to be. I haven't done it for ages because, again, <laughs> I, I went through a phase of, because <clears throat> when I was pregnant, I had really swollen ankles. And so I had to sit down a lot. And I can't just sit still. I'm not that sort of person. So I had to have something to do and I started knitting mostly because a lot of the clothes for kids I didn't know whether I was having a boy or a girl and it was definitely pink or blue team in the shops and I was like well I'm just going to knit so I can like decide on my own colours for the kids it was so simple as that yeah. I got quite good at it and got quite obsessed with it but I haven't knitted for about I'd say probably about three years and I used to be really fast I just fast. need something to do with my hands because yeah. I don't want to vape yeah. um, because I, I want to break the hand to mouth thing yeah, and, and it stops you from doing that. It stops you from boozing. Because I, I find that I, I'll sit there and drink a bottle of wine if I'm not careful. I just, you know... I, oh, I gave up drinking a year ago. I've given up all my fun stuff. I've given up I've given up happy pills, so I know where Ian's coming from. Yeah. I've given up smoking. Oh, Sandy. I have, I have taken up talk radio once again, and whilst I'm sitting to you, I'm painting garden pots and African patterns. Oh, wicked. So, well, at least you're doing something productive. It's not something that's slowly chipping away at your soul or your or your <laughs> physical health. You know, like we were doing before. I need to get. I, know. I need to I'm do something need to, like that. Honestly, I know. I need to find. I need to find a legal source of fun now. Yeah, exactly. It turns <laughs> out it's art. It, it it is it is art, and and hopefully we'll follow suit with Canada soon. If you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Not. Aha. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Sandy, it was nice to talk to you. I'm going to have to go because I can see Paul Ross hovering. And you too. Take care. Thanks Take for taking the call. Hey, no, my Cheers. pleasure. Bye, Sandy. Bye. Bye. And that's that. And I was really worried that no one was going to ring tonight, so I'm really pleased that you did. Hey, Paul Ross. Good morning. Great show as ever. Oh, thank you. Oh. And uh, we're crossing live to Australia to check on the whereabouts of Ian Lee a little later on in the programme. Oh, he's not there. <clears throat> he's not there. There's no fear of that. But really? I said that last time, didn't yeah, I? And, and exactly. I rest <laughs> my case. Anyway, you've done a great job as Thank ever. Thank you, Paul. What were you, what were you up to? What were you interested in when you were 11 years old? What were you like? Uh, Aha was my band. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I was still secretly playing with Barbies, but trying not to let anyone know. I was quite bookish. I listen, used to listen to James Whale late night on the radio. Really? Yeah. So something's never changed? No, exactly. But the reason I'm asking that is because we are going to be talking about a remarkable woman a bit before our time, who was 11 years old in 1811, uh -huh. and she's out with her brother on the beach at Lyme Regis, and she found something. Now, the brother said that's a skull of a crocodile. She didn't think it was, and she dug at the age of 11 the rest of it. It was a 5.2-metre-long fossil of an ichthyosaur. Her name's Mary Anning. Yes. And now another 11-year-old called Evie Swire, flash forward all those years, 204 years, 207 years, is starting a campaign with her mum to get a statue to this woman, who's a remarkable story. I don't know if you know much about her. I Obviously, do a don't. bit from horrible history. She's like the mother of paleontology. And she was also somebody who discovered um, first flying reptile on the shores of this country. Uh, some of her discoveries were so extreme that the Royal Geological Society had a special meeting in 1843 just to discuss her discoveries because she wasn't invited being no. a woman and being working class i know outrageous so the guys would come in swoop in take her discoveries yeah. and, and claim credit for it and in fact you weren't allowed as a female to join the rgs until 1904 
But there's a campaign, so we're talking about the life and work of, uh, which I'm really looking forward to, Mary Ellen, because she's one of those great unsung heroes. Yeah. And she's just a remarkable, so she died way too young of breast cancer, I think she's only 47. But she was very, she's incredibly well known in Lyme Regis. And she used to sell fossils. That's right, sell them off, and all the great discoveries would go down there. And she went out with her dog called Trey, and um, Trey would apparently bark and sniff, and then she would be led where he was going, because things had been uncovered. So it's a lovely story, we're doing Incredible. that on the programme, which I'm looking forward to. We're off to the movies, talking about from Ichthyosaurus to Fantastic Beasts, with our film critic and producer, John Hurney's seen that in a couple of other films, including the remake of Suspiria. Are you a horror film buff? Like no, but movie? I've heard of Suspiria, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like a vampire film. I know like film. a vampire movie, don't you? Something to sink your teeth into. When I saw that new Nick Cage one the other day, Mandy. Oh. Full on? Give it a swerve. I, would, I, I, I would. couldn't work out whether it was a joke or not, but people were laughing. Yeah. Maybe not inten- maybe not an unintentional joke. Well, yeah. I might catch it. I might, I'll watch it on DVD if it's so bad it's good. It might be one of it those. It might be, yeah. yeah. I might have to watch it again. But, but we've got a film called Suspiria, which is that remake of a Dario Argento 1977 film, I think. And it's got Tilda Swinton playing two roles in it, including a male psychotherapist, which should be interesting. She's amazing. Get it's not the, the first time she's done that, is it? No, no. We're going to get the views of John Hearn on that one. Also, we're talking bees and a new initiative, because as we know, the bee population is being rapidly depleted. Nobody knows why. It's one of those very odd things, but we know how important they are in all our ecosystems. Systems. So there's now an initiative, and we've got the woman who founded the Bee Project on the programme, fascinating woman, talking about a plan now, and they're, they're doing it even as we speak, well, they might be sleeping at the moment, but for, for AI hives, where they can monitor bees, and apparently the telltale indicator, which is one of those obvious things, is the sound. Wow. And they can now tell, they hope, very early on, where there's a problem with the hive, because they can record, so they'll know what to listen out for in future. So it'll be an interesting show, we hope. A mixed Fascinating. Bag. I can't wait to listen to that on the way home. Thanks very much, Paul. Mixed bag. Paul's up next. I'm going home. I'll see you later on today, in some form or other, either on this side of the desk or the other well, side of the desk. you're a shape changer. You're a shapeshifter. Um, your secret's out. You wouldn't believe it. You're like the girl from, uh, what's that woman, Natasha Henstridge? What's her name? <laughs> from the, the blue girl from the X-Men movies. Yes, I know. What's exactly what you mean? Name? can't remember her name. Oh, God, no, Mystique, of course it is. Boom. If only I was that glamorous. <laughs>